Welcome to another week on Let's Get Real with Coach Menachem Show, Sunday Nights. Originally a Zoom interactive platform where we discuss real life scenarios with real live people. Hi everybody, welcome to tonight's program covered the Arabian Kipper. Thank you for joining us. We're running a, a lot of people here tonight. So much much of the aggressive physics for Pal Israel. We're gonna go quick, we're gonna jump into it. Rabbi Wamberger had schedule and we have a lot of things to cover tonight. So let's go. Here we go. Again, for everybody for joining tonight, share 118. I always start off every week thanking everybody, thanking everybody for for coming and for posting on the WhatsApp status, let people know about it. And you know, it's Rabbi Wamberger actually, Rabbi Wamberger goes on the Khalif called Sikhis Khaverim. And we're here every Sunday night to be machazik each other. So uh, please pass it around. Anybody, you know, to come. Anybody wants to join the WhatsApp chat? The WhatsApp me at 848-525-0066. And every Sunday, I'll send you the flyers. Go to MenachemBerenfeld.com. You can sign up for the emails. Um, everybody's watching this on YouTube. You can click on the like button and subscribe button. So every week, you get the, get the videos when they go up. Again, I'm going to say thank you to the advertising sponsors, the Lakewood Scoop, Rabbi Yannick Kazak, Ellie and Ariel from Five Town Central. And special thank you to Chayla Kaufman, Shmuel Summer from JCN, the Jewish Content Network. Anybody who's not here for the first time, usually it's at 9.30 every Sunday night. Tonight we made an exception because there's so many things happening. But every Sunday night at 9.30 at this time, we have an amazing shear. And uh, Menachem, you can hear me clearly? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. Okay, and uh, right after Sukkot, we're going to have this shear I just put up on the screen. It's going to be Rabbi Russell live. So uh, we're going to be talking about uh, feeling like you're running on empty, understanding, overcoming the fix this and fixing the cycle of child emotional neglect. It's maybe the Sunday after Sukkot, October 23rd, with Rabbi Shem Russell live. Today's on video. And Rabbi Yaakov Solomon from here in Lakewood, Chavarin for many years. So please join. It should be a very powerful program. And uh, everybody should please join and be part of it. Okay. And um, again, tonight we have a discussion on having. I would say from the Gedolim, this is the Keshenapshi. We'll get into Keshenapshi, what it is, but this is from the, the big speakers of Keshenapshi. Moshe Weinberger from H. Kaidish, Shulman Landa from Varetsky, and we have messages from Rabbi Russell, who's actually on a plane now, going back to Mary Searle. He was in Barapak today all day, giving a, giving a big lecture. And Rabbi Jacobson is also traveling. He sent me a video on the go. You'll, you'll see it. It'll be funny. It'll be, it's very, very, very good. And Nachem, uh, the Chazak Gedolim tonight. Tonight's share is share 118. The Gematria for, for 118 is Hashem. Who are like Hashem? Who I'm sorry. Who you came up here like him? Hashem. Who Hashem like him? Also, how do Hashem kitov kim kilayim? How do Hashem kitov? But again, you came up here both equal 118. So much Hashem tonight's year should be a chizik for everybody. Again, tonight's year is um, the topic is how to connect Hashem's mercy and Yom Kippur. Harachim of Abonim Rachim Hashem Ayerev, and it's a great success to have everybody. I'm going to open up first with Coach Menachem a few words, and then we're going to I'll introduce Rabbi Rabbi Weinberger. Okay, I want to welcome everyone. Welcome all. And uh, I want to wish everyone a good And uh, welcome to another Shir. Tonight we're having a bigger program in honor of uh, Yom Kippur. And we have the honor to have with us Moshe Weinberger, Shimon Russell, Y.Y. Jacobson, and Shul Noich Landau. And the topic. It's, it's a, not an easy one, talking about mercy, whether it's us with our kids or understanding, tapping into the mercy of, of Hashem 
and it really goes very deep and we'll see how much we can cover tonight. But we are a few days before Yom Kippur and um, some people, when they hear those words, it's hard for them even to hear the word shuva. It's a time for reflection, to be able to slow down, make a little bit of cheshvan nefesh. And it is for many a struggle to do some self-introspection. Some people don't like what they see when they look at themselves. They don't, they, they, they don't, they don't wanna see what's going on. And the reason for that is many times is because it's self-introspection. Sometimes when you do it by yourself, the way you look at yourself, it can be based on your past, the way you grew up, and your beliefs about yourself, about your surroundings. And the truth is that's how we feel when we talk about Hashem. Talk about when, if you talk to Hashem, that means your, how do you feel? What are your thoughts? When you meet Hashem, what do you think Hashem thinks about you? And if the way you look at yourself is negative, then probably that's how you feel with, with sometimes authority and with Hashem. And that's why it could become a little bit of a struggle for many to just stop and look to see where am I? What, you know, what do I need to do? And one answer for that is if, if it's because the way you look at yourself, you might have to talk to someone to help you to see a different light. If the self-introspection is not working out because you're doing it by yourself and you might not have the right perspective, the right um, ideas about yourself, and if, if all you see is negative, it would be a good idea to reach out to somebody who can help you, somebody a little bit you know, from the outside. Sometimes it can be a therapist for those who need it. But when you do it by yourself, you live in your own mind. And basically what you see is the same thing again and again. And what you really need is to be, to be able to go out, to get out of that, out of that way of thinking. So that's, that's one way. And the truth is tonight, it's in conjunction with Keshe which I've had the privilege to be with them on a Shabbos. And you're talking about people who are struggling with real, real hard struggles, which it's, it's a very sensitive topic. And for those who are not in it, it's hard to understand that even for those who are struggling, for the beginners, very hard to accept, very, very hard. And then we feel guilty and it's a, a spiral and there's a lot of negativity. And I think one of the things of being on by that Shabbosim is there's parents over there who are in it already for years. And then there are those Nebuch who are just starting on the struggle, on this journey. Being able to see and to hear from people who have done the work, which, which it's not, not easy, very hard work. And it's an Isyanus that Hashem sends us. But to be able to hear it from people who've been through it for even for years. And many times I've spoken to parents that they can't believe that they'll get to that place of a positive place of acceptance and talking about mercy but yeah, you see, it is possible. And for those who have gone through it, you know, Hashem should, shouldn't test anybody, but we could slowly understand the mercy that Hashem has for us, parents have for their kids, even if things don't look the way we like it to look, 
and it doesn't look good, we can still be there and have the mercy that, that, that we need and what we're looking for that Hashem should have in us. But it's not easy and it's a journey. And the worst thing is to, to, be, to just be harsh on yourself when you're going through whatever it is. So Baksham, we have this first tonight to have a few speakers, a few that have dealt with this and we should be able to connect the mercy with Hashem, Hashem's mercy and how we can give over our mercy to our kids with a lot of siyat and Before we start, I want to say a few things. Uh, part of the show is sponsored tonight. It's a that was nifter. It's a young man who strove through the sinus to maintain his growth of Hashem. Parents uh, said his name is Yosef Tzvi Ben Melech. We have Shkoshka's beautiful neshama. who was always there to help his friends and he should be a male association for all those struggling kids out there that need Yeshua. Hashem discuss all the thousands of people that listen to the shir. It should be a big discuss for Yosef Tzvi Ben Melech. And I also want to say Rabbi Gedali Miller is here with us, the, the founder of Keshenashi, which is an unbelievable organization. Rabbi, Rabbi Warnberg is part of it. I, I, go to, I try to go to most of the events. Hashem, they have a big event coming up in Eretz Yisrael, which I hope to attend. And one in January, and it's a tremendous organization that helps parents dealing with uh, you know struggling teens in today's day. Gives tremendous chizik. I mean, the stories that I can tell you that I've seen, and Rabbi Gadai will speak with Shem a little bit later. It's an unbelievable organization. Everybody should try to be mishtatev and help out and help the organization grow, whether the moment or whatever it is. There's a lot of needs that are need. That's a tremendous thing. Rabbi Gadai hasn't slept in days. They had a big event in Barapak with Rabbi Russell. Hundreds of people came, so it's a big schus to have Rabbi Gadai with us, and we'll hear from him soon. And uh, somebody just got a text from somebody. Okay, I'm sorry to do this, but um, my wife's friend is a young man. He's married with one kid. Um, and he went to the hospital and he has sometimes something in the brain. They're not sure if it's whatever. But uh, he said he's going to get the chasima around Yom Kippur. And he wanted to know if we could say a typical tehillim for him. His name is Menachem Mendel Ben Devoira. Menachem Mendel Ben Devoira. Menachem, would you mind saying a typical tehillim? I'll put it on. Let me put it on. Hold on. We could all say together with Menachem. It's Menachem Mendel. Then the Varalea, Menachem Go. Shilavaloisa Sainai, Lahore, Miyan, Yovoyezi, Ezri, Mayimalino, Yose Shumayan, Ali Telamoy Taglecha, Yunim Shunref, Hinel Yunim Vroishan, Shoma Yisruel, Adino Shunref, Adino Silfo, Yadi Minerho, Yoimo Mashemesh, Loyaketa Verevolo, Adino Yishmarkumikaluish Moires Nafshefo. Okay, Rabbi Moshe Rami, I just want to say from uh, Sarah Nukam and Al Gordon, they want to say a great shukaya for all that you've done for him, Joey's mother, Spos, and Rabbi Rami, thank you for coming. The floor is yours. Please open it up. Uh, so, first of all, thank you so much, Coach Menachem and Rabbi Osha. And it's a tremendous schus for me to be part of a program with Yidi Deinavshi, my dearest, dearest friends. First, Rabbi Dalia Miller, Dalia Miller, and Shimon Russell, and Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, and Avshol Noach Landau. It's a tremendous schus. I have a few hours of things to talk to you about, but I'm going to try to put a lot into a few minutes. And there are things that you have on your minds. It's Erev Yom HaKadosh. It's Erev Yom HaKadosh. My son-in-law told me that he heard from a Jew that was like to be by the, by the Sue there, Erev Yom Kippur, by the Amshan of Rebbe, in Yushalayim. I'm sure many of you have seen that tzaddik. If not, you've heard of him. He's an Eish Lahav. He's a, fire, a tzaddik like from, from hundreds of years ago. 
And everybody was sitting together with the Amish of Rebbe, and it was getting late. It was Erev Yom Kippur. It's Erev Yom HaKadosh, and it was getting late. And even the old Hasidim were getting nervous. You know, in Amish of the time is not like it is in other places in the world, but Safkal Saf, when it's Yom Kippur, it's Yom Kippur. You have to go Kol Nidre. And it was getting late. And the Hasidim were getting very nervous, and the people were getting very nervous. And my son-in-law told me that the Amishnah took out from his pocket the watch, and he looked at his watch. He felt that everybody was nervous. It was time to go to Kalindre. And the Amishnah took out his watch, and he said that a Jew has to have two watches. One watch says, it's a it's late. And the other watch says that there's still time. So, whatever your union is in this world, it's like we need to we need to work together ourselves. It's Erev Yom Kippur, and a Jew has to know that that watch says that it's getting late, but he always has to have the other watch that says that the Baruch Shalom gives us time. This time. So, I want to talk to you really to explain what Menachem is saying in, in that minute that he spoke. Everything I'm going to be talking about now for the next few minutes is about Rachim Hashem, what it means to be the Baruch Shalom's children, what it means to have our own children. I saw recently an article in a from publication by a, a wonderful uh, a wonderful Rav who's involved in Kirov, the Chaikim, for many years. And he was writing about studies that are being made that show that this tremendous difference between how Kirov, how Kirov was 30, 40, 50 years ago, even 20 years ago. And I was very involved, my wife and I were in that world already 45 years ago, and how things are now. And the main point that he was making and that the studies show is that years ago kids were coming out of college those who went to college kids were coming out of high school kids that were not that were not shema mitzvahs they were preoccupied with theological questions does god exist doesn't god exist and if he does exist how do we know that the torah is true and if the torah was given at hasinai how do you know that the Torah Shabbat is true? These were the burning issues of 20, 30, 40 years ago. And you remember, those of you remember those days of the Torah codes and proofs of God's existence and so on. But nowadays, that's not the issue anymore. It's not anymore, does God exist? It seems that the island pretty much has come to the conclusion that God does exist. And most of the world, of course, knows that there's a God, that there's a bunch of them. It's not anymore does God exist. The question has become very, very different. This God that exists, this Shabbat that exists, does he love me? Does he care about me? Am I important to him? Am I worth anything in his eyes? And the question is then turned to parents. Parents who have raised, do they love me? There's an unbelievable need for, for, I'm going to use a word that's very popular now, and I don't like always how it's being used, but there's a tremendous need for validation. It's not so much does HaKadosh Baruch Hu exist, 
but what's the point of my existence? What's the point of my existence? I want to tell you what Kesha Nafshi is about. At this time of the year, and Lag Boim, everybody saying the Mishnah at the end of Yuma, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva, Shrek, Misfel, Lift Nemi Atanatar, Mimetar Eskim, Rabbi Hashem Shamayim, or Mimikri Yisrael Hashem. But there's another Mishnah from Rabbi Kiva. The Mishnah in Pekyavis, Om Rabbi Kiva, Chaviv in Yisrael, Shinikur Bonam Lamakim, Chaviv in Yisrael, the Barishalam, our beloved. The 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 Bnei Yisrael, our beloved in Hashem's eyes, only only Bnei Yisrael were called Shinikuban Lamakim. We were called Hashem's children. Hashem's both called us His children. And not only does Hashem love us, and not only does He call us His children, but He has told us that over and over again. You know, when the Beis Hamikdash, when the Beis Hamikdash existed. At the time of first Besamikdash, there was a nace that the that the people was like to see, that there was the Lashon Shel Zahiris, that all of Amisol was wondering, are we forgiven? They were waiting to hear, like all of us are waiting to hear somehow at the end of Yom Kippur, Salachti Kidvaracha, Salachti. And everybody wants to feel and know that Hashem has forgiven. At the time of the Besamikdash, when there was that Lashon Shel Zohar's, there was that crimson, that red strip in Yuchat Echem Kashan Kashel Yalbinu. And millions of Jews were standing around and waiting to see what would happen. Would it turn white or would it not turn white? If it would stay red, it meant Oivai. If it would turn white, it meant Salachti. It meant that I forgive you. But we don't have that anymore. We don't have, we don't have the Lashon Shel Zohar's. And because of that, because of that, there's so many chevra that are walking around in this world who are raised in yeshivas, not just balichuv, where people come from non from homes who are wondering. There's so many chevra who have spent all the years growing up learning in yeshiva and being raised in, in religious homes and from homes. They're not able to see any lashon shel zaharis, any, any, red, any red piece of material turn white, and that would be a wink from Hashem to say, I love you. And they're walking around in this world feeling that they're despised, that they're hated. Not only that they're not loved, that they're despised and they're hated. After the Chetam Raglam, I was talking to a Chevra about it this morning. After the Chetam Raglam, after the sin of the spies, you know, Moshe Beno let us in. He told us what we were thinking. How does a Jew feel after the lowest moment of his life? There are Chevra out there, all of us, myself, you know, there's a certain feeling that we have when we have failed, when we have fallen. So it says in Pasuk, that Moshe Shabbat said, he knew that the Jews were hacking in their tents. You know what it means to hack? But means they were whispering, they were murmuring. We would call it nowadays, there was a big hack. After the and they were saying to each other, it doesn't mean, it means that all over B'nai Yisrael Jews were in their tents after the Chetim Raglam, and they were saying to each other the most horrible words. It's hard to believe, but they were saying, Hashem that Hashem hates us. That the one who created us 
hates us. And that's why he's taking us out of Mitzrayim. He hasn't taken us out to bring us to any Eretz Zobah's Chalud and Dvash. He's not going to take us. He despises us and he hates us. So Hebra, think about that. How could it be? How could it be that they would come to such a Maskanu that Hashem, Hashem hates us? Hashem Didn't they see that Hashem took them out of country and Hashem from Mitzrayim? And that Hashem brought the Makis on Mitzrayim? And that Hashem brought us through the Yamsuf? And Hashem sur- surrounded us with the Nani Covid. And Hashem sent us down the moon from Shemayim to eat. And Zachat Lachesed Nuraich. And Ahab is Pulasayach. Lechtech Achevai the Midbar. Hashem is saying over and over and over and over again, I love you, I love you, I love you. You're my Kala. You're my Ben Yochi. I love you more than anything in the world. So how is it possible that the Jewish people came to this conclusion? And I'm telling you, Hebra, I'm every single day for the past 25, 30 years talking to teenagers and adults and lately many more married people who have the same feeling. They are convinced Hashem Hashem's hates me. And what Menachem was talking about, that feeling, that feeling that my parents, my, my mother, my father, they don't respect me, they don't love me. That feeling that my Rebbe doesn't care for me, my Mora doesn't love me. It's all one sugya. It's that one sugya, that feeling of Hashem So we may understand that because they felt that way, there was no belief that they were going to go to Eretz Yisrael and Eretz Zobah's Chalav and Dvash, what kind of a land flowing with milk and honey, the place is filled with Hamas and Hezbollah, all kinds of Rishoyim, all kinds of murderers, and they're all going to kill us. This is a scam. This is a conspiracy. All of Yiddishkeit is some sort of a plot to ruin our lives, that all the world is having fun, and this God is sending us into this place to die. And all of Yiddishkeit, this blood Gemara, this Pasuk Chumashrashi, this mitzvah, this sukkah, this shayfer, it's all killing you. How did that happen? When did that happen? And the same way, Rabbi said, the same way, other Mauritian again, he hadn't killed them. Other Mauritian was hiding from Hashem Hezbollah. And Hashem Hezbollah says, where are you? Where are you? And he says, I'm afraid, I'm naked. And Hashem Hezbollah says, I told you that you're naked. I told you that you're worthless. When did I tell you that I don't love you? When did I tell you that I hate you? I have so many parents that I'm dealing with. Okay, listen, we make mistakes, parents. I made plenty of mistakes. And I look back on those years when the kids were little especially, and I was I was impatient and I wanted to do things and the kids were making me, me be crazy. And I wasn't proud of many of the times how I behaved and how I spoke to them. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. I don't, yeah, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. And sometimes I would walk into the kids' room after I, I had... I've been angry with her and she was sleeping and I would go and I would cry on her bed because I felt bad. And you know how many parents are telling them that most parents are doing their best. They love their children. They give to their children. They're filled with love, with rachimim. They do everything they can for the children. And still somehow the children come to this maskana that my parents don't love me. Besinas Abba that my parents don't love me. You have rebellion, you have teachers. Of course, they also make mistakes. There are some that make mistakes. There are some that are too hard. There are some that don't say the right things all the time. But most of the teachers, most of the rebellion are tzaddikim and that are trying their best to give over from their heart 
you just cut to the kids. And still, so many of the Hever walk away from that experience feeling, he hates me. So how is it possible that we came to such a maskana? After all, my parents did for me. After all, Baruch has done for me. After all, my Rebbe, my mother. After all, they have done for me. How is it possible that Jews feel so despised and so hated and can't look can't look at Yiddishkeit because they're running away from it like other Mauritian was hiding in the garden. They're hiding also. There are different ways to have a Ganadin. They're hiding in their own little paradise, running away from Torah mixes. How is it possible? How does a Jew come to that Maskana? So listen, Heaven, this is really a long talk. I'm trying now, just in a few minutes. The Svarno says on that passage, take a look yourselves. The Svarno says a couple of words. Listen to this. You know why? Why does God hate us? Listen to these words. The Bani Shalom hates us because we were worshipping our in Mitzrayim. In other words, there were Jews who were walking around and like all of us, we have things in our past. And these were Jews who left Mitzrayim and they remember that there were many, many nights that they spent, that they spent downtown Egypt, you know, clubbing in Mitzrayim. And they were over the Zara, and whatever else came with that Zara, this is what was going on in Mitzrayim. And even though, even though now they've been taken out, and now Hashem has shown them all this love, but they can't believe that God loves them. You know why they can't believe that the Abishta loves them? Because like what Menachem was saying, because in their own eyes, they're worthless. Because self goes self, I remember what I did with my, in my life. You know, I talked to a Bacher, and the Bacher is trying to learn a Vlad Gemara. He's trying to stay. And I had this Bacher breaking down. This was, this was three days ago, before Shabbos. He broke down. He was crying to me. What is my Gemara worth when the Bacher knows what I think about, when the Bacher knows what I have looked at in my life, but the Bacher knows what I've, what, what, I, what, what I've done in my life? How could he possibly, how could he possibly have any nachas for me? How could he possibly like me? I'm worthless in his eyes. I'm worthless in his eyes. That's what it means by the chet ego. There's a feeling of when you hate yourself, when you feel dirty, when you feel ugly, when you feel disgusting, those feelings of self-loathing and self-hatred, you can't tell but project that into those around you. And also there are parents that say the wrong things. We make mistakes. And there are vain that sometimes will be critical or a parent will be critical and that will confirm that fear or that conviction that the child has. You see? You see that my father hates me. You see that my mother hates me. You see that my Rebbe hates me. And they have all kinds of riots. I'll shavadnu of Adazar in Mitzrayim because I was even of Adazar. That's how Adam Rishon felt after the Chait also. And Adam Rishon after the Chait, Adam Rishon after the Chait is hiding. And he says, I'm naked. Naked doesn't mean stand not wearing clothing. It means he felt that he was empty. He felt that he was worthless. And Hashem's Baruch says, Hashem says to all of these, to all of us, Hashem's Baruch, Hashem, Erev Yom Kippur, Hashem says to every single Jew, Did I tell you that you're worthless? Did I tell you that I hate you? Did I tell you that I want to destroy you? I never said such a thing. Hashem says to Adam Rishon, I never told you that I hate you. I love you. I created you. I love you more than anything in the world. You're the most important thing in the world. You won't put me to any malach. I love you. B'nai Yisrael said Hashem hates us. Hashem, what are you talking about? But well, we hate it ourselves. And when you hate yourself, you can't help but believe that the Baruch hates you also. 
And the same thing was by the Chet Ego. The Gemara says, Moshe Benu Zok Shemaim, and the angels are saying, my endless, the Malachim is saying, my endless kisses kivenu, uven adam kisses kivenu. So hoid chalas shemaim. The angels, the Malachim is saying to Moshe Rabbeinu, that man is worthless. My endless kisses kivenu. Man is worthless. You are worthless. You know why? You're bali taiva. You're bali gaiva. You're bali lashon horror. You have all kinds of disgusting things. You know what you've looked at. You know what you've said. You know what you think about. You know who you are. And you're coming to Yom Kippur and you're going to say to Lazaket and you say, Shabbat Begad and Gazalnu. It's worse than last year. Nochemal, Al Cheshachatanu, Al Cheshachatanu. Onumatunus Palum, Avrayanim, and Avrayanim. When we are the biggest Avrayanim. So the person fears, he is. The malachim are tiny against Moshe Rabbeinu, my endless sister. That's the malach that's inside every Jew's head. All of these kids, all of these kids, look at this list. This is from Keshanash. This is from our Hever. This is just, this is an entire list, approximately 675 names that I have on my stender and my machset, Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, this whole time of the year. Beginning in order of Alves with the name Aviv and ending with, and ending with Tirza. Boys and girls, boys and girls who come from, I've met many of these parents, the most beautiful, caring, loving, giving, holy people. I've spent Shabbosim with them. I've spent, we were together in Mezbiz, in Baditsha. We were together by Rabbi Nachman. We spent time together. I'm talking to these Jews. Each one is a bigger tzaddik, a bigger tzaddik than the other. But these kids, these kids somehow along the way, something happened and that, that malach got into their head and the malach says, you're worthless. You're worthless because you did A, you did B, you did C. When other Mauritian, when other Mauritian said, I'm naked, I'm nothing, I'm worthless, Hashem said, I never said that I hate you. I never said that you're worthless. All I'm telling you is, try to be better. This is a young kipper. Try to do tshuva. Do the best you can. I love you. We'll work it out. This time, there are two watches. It's late, but this time, we'll work it out. I'll give you more time to work it out. I love you. I managed to love you more than anything in the world. And all the Keshanashi is, is to give this over. And when and when the and when the and when Moshe Hashem said to Moshe Ben, take a hold of the kiss of covenant and answer the Malachim. You answer, Hashem said to Moshe Ben. So Moshe Ben said, that's why we got the Torah. Why did we get the Torah? Because we have problems with with uh, with Shekir and with Gaiva and with Taiva. That's why we need the Torah. And that's exactly what we say. That's exactly what we say, Musaf. We say Musa Bachazar Shashat. I'm going to read a little bit just in English for, for a, a minute. In the in, in the Chazar Shashat, Asher Masaka. So the Bashum's taught the, the, the Piet is talking about the Malach in English. I'll just say fast in English, so, uh, a few words. Though your dread is upon the faithful angels, who are mightily powerful, are intermingled with ice, who are unique in their in their fieriness, and your your awe is upon them. Asher Masaka. But Hashem is doesn't want the Malachim. Yet you desire your praise for a visa sehila from who? From clouds of earth. Who dwell in a valley, whose accomplishment is meager, whose works are poor, and this is your praise. You desire praise from flesh and blood, from vanity and nothingness, withering grass, passing shadow, fading blossom, whose unique souls removed who are heard in court, who die in judgment, who live through mercy, who give glory to you. Hashem, giver of the world, life giver of the world. In other words, what the Bernstein is saying, and what we need our children to hear, and our grandchildren, that we have to hear ourselves is yes, we've done things that are wrong. It's true that we've done things that are wrong. But Hashem Baruch didn't want the Torah to be given to Malachim. The Malachim gave the Torah to us, to the clouds of earth, to those, the, the words are, who live in intelligence, 
contemplate wickedness, stained by sin. You don't have to raise your hand if this applies to you. So whose stain is embedded, who are ensnarled in, in a trap, whose livelihood is bitter as gold. Tell me something. Did any malach ever have to go down to make a living to go to Midtown Manhattan? Did any malach have to go on a train? Did any malach have to go in the streets of 2022 Tufshin Pei Gimel? Any malach have to go to such a place? But the Shalom says, I don't want a malachim. I don't, and we have to let our children know, you don't have to be a malach. The Torah wasn't given for malachim. I love you. I love you the way that you are. Are there things in life that you need to fix? I need to fix. And in Hanami, there are two watches. It's, it's, it's getting late, but there's still time. And that's why it says in the Pasik, oh, should I have another minute? That's why it says in the Pasik, until I'm in capital known. Listen to this Pasik. It says, it's a hard three words. Aichicha means to give taicha, means to give rebuke. And the simple shot is, I will lay out your sins before your eyes. That hurts. But the tzaddikim said pasuk on a deeper level means the following. And this is how we have to read it now. Tav shin pei gimel. Aichicha is a lashon of proving. Lahochiach, right? Aichicha, to prove. Aichicha, what am I going to prove? Ve'erecha I'm going to show you how much you're worth. Anybody who's on here who's a rebbe in yeshiva, who's a mora in school, any one of you who's a parent, if your kid, if your child, that child who's with you, doesn't walk out of that home, out of that school feeling worth more than he walked in, it means that we're failing. It means because of our own sense of worthlessness, we give over our anger and our feeling of inadequacy and our feeling of to those kids, when instead we have to give over to the kids a feeling that they're the most beloved, that they're most beloved, and we have to show them how they're, how much they're worth. And that's the whole diving, the whole to come to the end by Neila. And the chasim of Nilas, we say Nila the same words. The Malachim said, Ma enosh. And by Nila we say, Hashem, you set man aside. And you and you see man as worthy of standing before you. You see man of worthy of standing. You see man, you believe they were worthy with our faults, with our mistakes. Yes, this kid didn't write the doesn't wear the right shirt. This girl doesn't have the right sleep. This stocking came off. This thing is too hot. This thing is too low. This thing is whatever. This kid's got this. This kid's got that. And your wife is not what she should be. You're not what you, and all of these things that are not. But Hashem says, but the Bereshim says, I want your love. And I love you. I never said that I hate you. So now this is where Gedali Milwi comes in. This is Keshe Nafshi, This is Keshe Nafshi. There was a Varte said over on Rosh Hashanah. Bear with me for another minute. I know, I'm, listen, I'm used to talking in short for an hour, but I'm going to try to be makat, so listen to this. You all heard of Rabbi Salme Alao's Ogazan saying, Rabbi Alao, from so. His shver, his father-in-law was a huge tamachachim. Rabbi Yitzchak, you did your frankel, Rabbi Yitzchak, you did your frankel, was a Talmud of Ramanachim Zemba from Varsha, and a Talmud of the Klechemda, and he was Makusha to the Imriamis and this and this Tzaddik of Yisri did your friend, this tremendous Tamakachim, he left Europe, Bo Hashem, he left in 1935. And he came to became the Rabbi of Tel Aviv. And he was always talking about his whole Mishpach, all of his rabbis, all of the Tzaddikim that were killed in Europe. On his Matsev, it says, Hashoya. He was constantly crying over the Holocaust. That same Holocaust that took all of my grandparents. That he was crying all the time. He was Makrainen Hashoya. 
and I read in the safe that that Rabbi Yisrael Yidid Yifrangel, it was towards the end of the Melchama, right after the Holocaust, that he was speaking before Tkiyas. And he says, it says, we're gonna, we, we say certain psukim before Tkiyas Shoifer. We say Kapitel Mem Zayin. Mem Zayin is, we say, Lam Netzach, Lamei Karech Mizmar. We say seven times. It comes from Tzvass, it looks like a Mekubal Tzvass. But we say seven times, the Kapitel Mem Zayin. And then we say, Menamei Tzad Karasika. And all of a sudden, if all these tell everything is Tehillim. Tehillim is Gavaldic, it's all David Amalek, everything is great. If, then all of a sudden we say, a Apostle, guess from where? We say a pasuk from Eicha. Koyli shamata al talim oznacha l'rav chosti l'shavosi. Hashem, you have heard my voice. Don't close your ears to my screaming, to my crying. Don't close your ears. You have heard my voice. So Rabbi Yitzchak, you did Frankel. Remember this is right at the end of the war. Everybody was everybody that was there in Tel Aviv. They all lost their families in Europe. <clears throat> and and he said the following. Normally, the whole davening, we ask Hashem, Shema Hashem, listen to my voice. Hashem, Shema B'Koyli, listen to my voice. Over here, all of a sudden, we come with a Pasuk from Eicha, before Tkiyas, and a Pasuk from the Chorban, and it's saying in the past tense, Koyli Shamata, Al Talim You heard my voice, don't close your ears. In the past tense, you heard my voice. So the Tzadik said the following. He said in one of the villages, they took all of the Jews, and they put the Jews in this village they heard about, they put all the Jews into, into the shul and they locked the shul. You know, these things were going on and they set the shul on fire. And the whole place, all the Jews, they were burned alive. One Jew managed to somehow climb out and he came to a village, and other Jews, they were a village, a half a kilometer away. And he goes over to some house, he's about to die. And he comes to this house, he asks for a cup of water. And could you imagine, Rabbi Yitzhak Frankel said, could you imagine if this Jew, if the person in the house would say, I need to have a letter from a rabbi, you have to show me who, I don't know who you are, how do I know who you are? The person would say, are you out of your mind? Kaili Shamata, didn't you hear me scream? Didn't you hear me cry? I'm in the next village, they set the shul on fire, all screaming and crying. It was, I labor Shaman, you heard me screaming, you heard me crying. Don't close your ears to my crying. Clever. I want, I want to show you these 670, these names, these 700, came out 700 names, there are thousands more. You heard the crying already. It's not listen to my crying. You heard these parents who are day and night who can't sleep because they're crying. Where's my Where are my children? What's happened to my children? What's going to be with them? Are they ever going to come back? Why do they think that I hate them? I love them. And the whole thing about Keshe is to I'm going to show you. You're going to see. It's going to be so clear to you that I love you. And therefore these parents Gedalia Miller and Miller and other wonderful have all of us together try to give over to the parents and to give over to ourselves. There are things that we wouldn't normally do that's so out of character for us, that's so painful to us, painful for us to do. When I was at the Keshe Shabbos, the first one, so my wife and I were there, we were blown away, even though I'm in this Indian for so many years, I was talking to Tamir Chachamim, there was a, a Dayan that I was talking to, a big Tamil Chachamim, a dying, and he was telling he was telling me about how he has to how he drives his daughter to take it to go to, to a place that we we would never take our children to go because why she needs to feel that my father doesn't hate me, my father loves me, even though he always loved her. Somehow something went wrong because of how she felt, because she thought that she worshipped her brothers and time. She did something, she looked at a boy, she gave a high five to a boy, whatever it was. And because of that, because of that, now the parents are saying. Uh, no, the parents have to prove to that child, I love you, I love you. And you know, we say, we say the Lashna, we say in Slich, it says, look at our tsaris, and don't look at our Averis. But with these kind of parents, you could say, we could say, look at their Averis, 
Look at this father that has to sometimes sit down with a kid who's watching television on Shabbos that they never even thought of having a television on house. And you have to sit down with the kid and to sit with him a little bit again. Everything, everything that's done is done with a rug. Everything has to be done with a paisic. Nothing is on your own. But you have these things. And, and we said to Rabbi Barsham, look at the veils that these parents, look at what they have to do. Look at the lives that they have to live, that they have to live now. Why? Because the child feels that they need to see, the child has to see that my parents love me. Because for whatever reason, that went wrong. Something happened and they feel, Mitzinah Hashem, I saw them. So I'm going to, I'm going to end now. I'm going to read to you a 10 second, a poem. This is a poem that was written by Abalish Shuva. She calls herself Ruth Lewis. It's an amazing book. You can't get it anymore. The reprinting is called Memo to Self. I read a lot in Shul, in Ireland. She grew up uh, in, in Maryland. She wasn't from at all. She became Baal Shuva. She a, became a breast of a chassidista and raised a family in Meisham. She passed away a few years ago. Her real name is Sarah Rosenblatt. And this poem is called When I Consider. Listen to the words, and then I'm done. It's called When I Consider. When I consider how you, mean Hashem, how you love me, I think the key word has to be unconditionally. Not because you see in me a diamond in the rough, all I could be potentially. Did any of you ever go to a PTA, and you go to the Rebbe, you go to the teacher, and the teacher starts to talk about your kid's potential? You know, it doesn't feel so good. You want to hear that your kid is perfect, right? I know, your kid's got a lot of potential. Ooh, but your kid could become a god of yourself. So isn't the word has to be unconditionally, not because you see me a diamond in the rough, all I could be potentially, but intrinsically, unconditionally, where I am now. When I consider how you, Hashem, love me thus and infinitely, there stirs, awakens deep in me an answering love. Then I want to love you. And then I yearn, I long to be all you've created me to be. Hashem's book should help us. Our children have, should believe that we love them. <clears throat> our children should believe that Hashem is Baruch loves them, because the second that they believe that we all love them, us, and the Kodesh Baruch love them, then they're going to be filled with a yearning to be all that Hashem created them to be. Then they're going to love, they're going to want to do all that they can to be together with us, to be together with the Kodesh Baruch We should be Hashem to feel this Rachmanis, to feel the Rachmanis and all of the, the parents of these children, and all, and all of Klai Yisrael, and to daven for them. And each one of you could say to yourself, you know, the, the Gemara says, Yochid, I feel the Gemara says, No, I feel Yochid shows a Yuma. I feel Yochid shows a Shuba. Even, even if a person does, Yochid shows a Shuba, Merkelon, the Kolo, and Kolo, that if one of us cries, and Hashem is Bach, Hashem is Bach, he hears that cry, and we change and we do something with ourselves to be better. We could awaken the hearts of these children to come back to their parents and come back to Hashem is Bach. Each and every one of you should be Nachtim, the Sifr Shal Siddiq, and for the Mach saying, the Torah, and the Good Revenge, Stuart. We have time for a few questions, right, Rabbi Weimberger? Yeah. Okay, let's let's do a poll. Give you a one-minute break. There was a Muridika opening that loves it. Let's let's ask them a three-poll question, and then we're going to we'll jump into a few questions, okay? Okay, we're going to ask everybody three questions. Everybody vote, whatever your heart feels, whatever resonates with you. First question, as we're approaching Yom Kippur, what do you do to connect with Hashem? Four choices. Take on an action that you do better. Do a Kabbalah to, you know, Kabbalah something to do better. Number two, daven very hard or beg Hashem to have a better connection with him. Number three, do mitzvahs, do chesed, do something to, to connect better. Or number four, learn Musa, learn Musa, go to Moshirim to feel more connected to Hashem. To answer that, I'll read the second question. What is your approach while raising your children in today's generation? Three options. Show them the correct path through our own actions. B, give them a lot of love and connection. Or C, join them in their challenges and their pain. There's no right or wrong. It's just what, what you feel will be the, the best answer. And the third choice, do you, the third question, 
Do you struggle with having mercy on others? Do you struggle with having rechmanus v'yanim? Three, three options. If it's self-inflicted, I have a very hard time with it. Option two, yes, I feel badly, but I don't know how to show mercy for others. Option three, this is not something that's hard for me. Everyone needs to have as much mercy as possible. So answer answer all those questions. Reverend Weinberger will share it, and then uh, we'll get to some questions just to get the feeling from the island. Can I give you five seconds? The island can't see the answers. We'll share the answers in a minute. It's very interesting. Yeah. Okay, five, four. Okay, wait another minute. It's, it's the Tifa Shiloh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's let's share it. Share it. Yeah. Share Paul. Okay, so the first question, as we are approaching Yom Kippur, what, what do you do to connect with Hashem? 31% of people say they take on an action to do better. 36% of people daven hard and beg Hashem for a better connection. 14% say doing mitzvahs of chesed. 18% say learn momos or go to shirim. Barbara, you want to say anything on this? or? I'll say, I'll say one thing for 10 seconds. Of sure. course, the, every, person, every person has to find his or her own way. But I think there's one answer or one approach that, I, again, I'm only speaking what works for me and right. something that I've seen a lot from Sadiqim over the years. It's helped me a lot. And I've spoken to a lot of Hebrew about it for the last 40 years or so. The tachlis of coming out of Yom Kippur is that I don't finish davening. You know, the Sfarim say that Marcheshvan is a Loshna Rachshvan suicide. That means that I keep on talking. The Tachlis, I believe, of this time of the year is that through all of the davening and through all the crying and through all of the honesty and sharing with Hashem and speaking to Him in an open and honest way, that we'll be able to continue that conversation with Hashem after Yom Nirayim. That means that when I'm working, when I'm with the kids, when I'm driving, means to continue to be in that relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Because all of these other things, davening, doing mitzvahs, learning mamusa, taking on an action, they're all right. All of you are right. These are all, and they, and, they, and one will work better for another person. But one thing that there's a tikkun klali, and the tikkun klali is that I don't walk away from the Yom Nirayim and I'm done, I'm finished, and it's a nacha, nacha yor. I'm not walking away from Hashem. I'm going with him into the year. The tachlis is that after Yom Kippur has ended, after after we put the sukkah away, well, maybe some people put that way, maybe in the winter, but after we're finished with the Yom Tovim, that a person continues to make that relationship with Hashem something which is alive and vibrant, not just Shachas Men but to be Isaac, and again, I'm not going to use the word Hezbardus, but to be Isaac in a personal, deep, real relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and to ask Hashem Baruch to help you with all the truths that became so clear to you during Yontiv, that you should live with them every minute of your life. And then, with the mitzvahs and Musa, and all of those other things, they're going to be a million times more effective. If it's not by yourself, it's together with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Beautiful. Okay, let's go to the second question. What is your approach while raising your children in today's generation? Three options, Rabbi Amager. Show them the correct path through our actions, 32%. 60% of people say give them a lot of love and connection, and only 8% say join them in their challenges and their pain. Ramir, you want to say anything on this? We'll go to the next one. I think I already said what I, I think you already know what I feel. Again, they're all, they're all right, but I, but I believe that, that showing, I believe that nowadays there's a hashpav I have in the world that the other ways don't work as a primary mahalach. The primary mahalach is if the kid feels that that he is loved in that deep way that I was talking about for 40 minutes. If the child feels that way, 
then, then he will want to emulate you. He'll want to connect to you. He'll feel that you're with him in his pain, in his misery. Again, that's the tikkun klali. Ahava is ahava draws the child into your dalad amis. Without that ahava, the other things don't work. They just don't work. With ahava, all the other things work. Well, then everything else will light up. Without the ahava, it doesn't work. You could tell your kid from Hadis Morgan about davening and to and to look how I daven. I come to shul on time. How come you don't want to get up Shabbos morning? Look at me. I go to shul early. And how come you don't want? How come you don't want to learn? How come the mother says? How come you don't want to dress like how sees the guy? How come you don't want? To, how come you're not imitating me? The terrorist says because it doesn't begin with imitation. It begins with connection, and connection begins with ahava. And that's what I have is Devakus. And when the child feels, I love this person, the child wants to be like that person, wants to be dovuk to that person. When you, when you feel that Hashem loves you, then you want to be close to him. You want to be near to him. I mean, Mela, the davening, and the sneeze, those are things that will come with time and with learning. Last question. Do you struggle with having mercy on others? 21% of people say, if it's self-inflicted, I have a very hard time with having Rahmanus and Yenem. 24% of people say, yes, I feel badly, but I don't know how to show it. 55% of the people over here, this is not something that's hard for me. Everyone needs to have as much mercy as possible. Okay, Rabbi Weiberger, I'm going to start with the first question, but I think it's the hardest question of the night. Is that okay? Yeah. You can X out the screen. Anybody who has this belong, you can just X out of it. Um, okay. This is basically a combination of a lot of questions together, but the question is, I'm having a very hard time connecting with Hashem when my davening, my tefillahs are not being answered, whatever the tefillahs are, children or whatever, you know, everybody, how does a person go into Yom Kippur when they have such a feeling that they're davening and davening and they feel like the tefillahs are not being answered? Okay. So I should speak about that for a minute? You have all the time in the world. No rush. Yeah. Okay, it's a Veltz question, of course. Is the question that is a question that's on our minds all of our lives. It's a question that I grew up with in my in my house. My parents never asked that question, but I, as I mentioned in public in the past, that I grew up sometimes hearing the crying and the screaming and the nightmares of my parents, and I and I couldn't understand why such good people went through such misery and such suffering that they did, and why didn't Hashem answer their dreams? Why didn't, as a little boy, I remember thinking about this. Why didn't Hashem answer their feelings? I think the, I think the most discouraging thing in the world is that feeling that, that feeling of not being heard. And here's where the distinction comes, Cherva. I can't answer this question on Regalachas, and there are some very wonderful people, much more chasher than me, who you're going to be hearing from in a few minutes. I, I can't, I can't answer the Regalachas. And I can only tell you, I can only tell you how I myself have struggled with that over the years. And as I said, from the time that I'm a child, I remember wondering about that, wondering about that and thinking about that. And, and the answer that many, people, that many people have tried to live with is that, of course, Hashem is answering you, but he's answering you in, in a way that you don't understand. That's hard for us to, to, to connect to. Because when you talk to, when you ask a question of someone who loves you, and you're talking to a friend or to a parent or to somebody you're close to, so the answer is an answer that you that you hope to understand. And if you can't understand it, if you can't understand it, then you ask you ask the person again and again. See, one of the major problems that we have, and again, I'm only starting this, and then I'll just tell a little story. And I'm going to have to go. I have something else coming up here. 
people believe that the tachlis of tefillah is the questions being answered or the needs being taken care of. It is, a, of course, a major part of davening. But those Jews who have entered into the pneumius of Tyra, who have entered into the depths of Tyra, whether it's Nefesh or Tanya, or Sefei Kabbalah, Sefei Musa, the Pneumius, Maharal, Svasemes, Rapsadik, Ravdesla, Gra, those who have entered into that world, you know that the Tachlis of Davening is Davening. The Tachlis of Davening is Devekus Bashem, is connection to Hashem. That's the Tachlis of Davening, not, not being answered in a way that I can live with right now, that I see right now. Because as you know, many, many of the answers are only going to become evident. Those answers are going to be only understood in a way that's niglev and nir only as the years go by. Not short answers, true, false, yes, not like we had in school, multiple choice. That's not how they're answered. But I'm going to end with a story, and then I'll leave this up. I'll leave this into the, in the hands, and the good hands of the tzaddikim who are going to be speaking to you afterwards. You all heard of the Bedish of the Kedusha Slave. So I'm going to share with you a story. It takes a, a minute. But this is the story that I've tried to live with, and it's helped me a lot. And I don't know who was out there on, on, this, on this right now, this Zoom right now. But I'm going to share it with you, and maybe it will help you also with this question. There's a night of the year that we ask questions. There's a night that we ask questions. And that, of course, is the Leil HaSeda Pesach night. And we have the Fir Kashis. And it was time for the Fir Kashis in the house of the Holy Kedushas Levi, the Badditsha. It was time for the Fir Kashis. And, and the Minig was, and in many places it still is, the Minig that the children all ask, from the youngest to the oldest. So finally, everybody asks, and it comes to the it comes to the Balaba, to the, to the one who's running the Seder, to the Zaydi, uh, whoever's running the Seder, to ask the fear questions. It came time for the Vedicheva. After everybody else that was there asked the fear questions, it came time for the Vedicheva. And the Vedicheva sat in front of the Haggadah, and all of a sudden he put his head onto the Haggadah, and he put his hands over his head. And they were waiting 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. They did not know what was going on. The Bedichva was not going ahead with the Seder. He wasn't asking the Fikashas. And then all of a sudden, the Bedichva lifted up his head. And this is what he said. This is what I saw many years ago. No, I heard this many years ago when I was a kid. The Bedichva, I don't know what's written. The Bedichva lifted up his head and said, Reborn color, love and master of all worlds. You think that I have, you think that I have just that I have just four kashas. You think that I have four questions? I have 4,000 questions. I have 4 million questions. I would begin with a kasha of what happened to that Rivka down the block whose husband dropped dead in the marketplace on Thursday, a young man, and left her with six yesoyman. I have a kasha and the British went on to say things that were going crazy in, in Badisha, things that were wrong in the world. And the Badisha said, you think I have four kasha? He said, Rabbi I have news for you. Chomets and matzah, by me, it's not such a big kasha. Shai Yerakas, that's the biggest kasha. Shai Yerakas, no. Matbil and Stay Palmen, a kasha. 
The Vedishra said, Shalom, I have much bigger kashas than the four kashas, and I have thousands of kashas. Over thousands of years, we have millions of kashas. And the Olam Sati, you can imagine, Vedishra was saying this stuff, and the Olam is sitting there, and everybody's shaking. How could the Rebbe talk such a way? It sounds like Khalil, like you know, not good stuff. How could the Rebbe talk that way? And the Olam is sitting there, and everybody's just in shock, and the Vedishra starts to cry like a baby. And he says, Rabbi Shalom, Taira, Tatan Himmel. Rabbi Shalom, you know what? I don't need any of the answers to these kashas. I understand that I'm finite and I don't understand the answers to these questions. And I don't know what you're doing. I don't understand. But I'm asking you, Rabbi Shalom, I'm, answering, I'm asking you to answer one kasha, one question that I have. And if you could answer this question, then I'll live with the 4,000 kashas. I'll live with all the trilas that seem to me like they're not being answered. But answer this one trilas. And have listen to me. Ask Hashem to answer this tefillah on Yom Kippur. Ask to this tefillah. I don't need a man. You're not allowed to talk that way. Ask Hashem to answer this tefillah. What was it? What did the Bedishiva say? Rabbi Shalom, I'll drop all the four million kashas. Answer me this one question. All of this suffering, all of these sorrows, all of these kashas, all that we've been living through since you made us into your people. Rabbi Shalom, is this all Lamancha? Is this for your love? Do you still love us after all of this? Is this because of your love? Is this all Lamanch? Is this Lamancha? Is this Lamancha Lukim Chaim? Because if I believe that you love me and I believe that all of this is Lamancha Lukim Chaim, I'm Moichla and all the Terutsim to the Kashis. So I can't, right now, I'm not answering any Kashis. I'm just going with the Bedichavis, with the Bedichavis question. And with the Bedichis Tvila, that's what I've been davening since I'm a little kid, living in the shadow of the Holocaust. And that's all that I've been davening for. I'm asking Hashem every year, and I'm asking Him again. And I'm asking Him to help all of these parents. You know, have Rachmanis on these parents, because they have a lot of kashas. A lot of kashas. Kaili Shamata, you heard them crying. You heard them screaming already in the past. They've been screaming and crying for years already. Kaili Shamata. I'll tell them, Please make it known to me somehow in my heart that your ears are not closed. That's all I want to know. Help me to believe. That's the tefillah. Hashem, I'm davening to you that you should open up my eyes, my heart, to know in the clearest way that that you love me, you haven't given up on me, and that you're still listening to me after all these years. You're still listening to me. I, my life makes a difference to you. Because if I can hear that, Ephraim Kippur, then I'll be able to go on with all those thrillers and I'll be able to wait to the day that everything is clear. We should be zerfed to see clear and open everything in a clear way. To be zerfed to see I love to each and every one of you. Wow. Powerful tonight. Okay, everybody. Thank you. Rebbe Wabi, going to go now? Yeah. Thank you for coming. Okay. Uh, everybody on. We have a lot coming. Um, we're going to start first. Rev. Gedalia Miller from Keshenaf. She's here with us tonight. I'm just going to speak for a minute to Rev. Gedalia. Then we have a video from Rev. Shimon Russell who's on the airplane back there. It's Israel who has a very strong message. Rev. Shul Noyach Landau who should be uh, joining us any minute. We have a lot of powerful questions. Remember, we got one powerful question, but we have a whole list of questions. So um, stay stay tuned with us. It's going to be a long night. Rev. Gedalia, who's uh, the founder of Keshenaf, organization that helps parents with struggling teens for the last who knows how many years to go to the events and see firsthand all the murder and 
and uh, he has a big event coming up in Eretz for the Europe, Eretz even some American families are going, and then in the New Year's weekend, he's going to have in Connecticut a program, hopefully be, uh, I wasn't I wasn't there last time, but it was 800 families. Gedalia, I would like you to please tell the Oilam about taking over from Rabbi Weimarger about why, you know, why you started the organization and what, what we're trying to accomplish and how we're trying to help Klai Israel. Gedalia. So basically seven years ago in 2014, I found myself Hanukkah time, um, finding out that I am basically in this crash of a struggling child. And I started running around to find out where in the world can I get some guidance. And there was not too many people to go to. And I kept on hearing the name Avi Fischoff, but he wasn't going to take us because we had a unique situation. We went to the crew of the Rebbe, went to others. And finally, after six months, we were able to join him. But we did it with a couple of parents. We did it for a few years. Um, we were, Bukh Hashem, very much in certain areas, following what he had to say. But however, the parents are falling apart. Parents cannot continue doing for others while they're not getting any nourishment for themselves. And I realized that the parents need to be able to get for themselves kayak and they need to get it from different sources, different areas. I was Bukhashem Matsliach to to I was Bukhashem Matsliach to have heard Rabbi Russell Drushes over the months that I got the USBs and I got recordings from him. And I realized that the person that really resonates with what I feel and how I feel about what's going on in Claudius Road is the only person that really, really de- deeply understands the kids is Rabbi Shimon Rasta. So when we started our first Shabbaton, which we introduced it in 2017, but actually came to play in 2018, we were fortunate to have a couple of good speakers there. And I don't want to forget to thank Avi for everything that he did, which is unbelievable what he did for us. Even though Kesha now, she's a standalone organization, and we don't have Hadracha based on, on one Mahalach. It's basically people should have their own Das Torah, but with their more for Chizik. And we have Rabbi Russell, that's our main person. He's director of training and development. So we follow that. We do have many, many Rabbanim that we visited and we, Bukh Hashem had that locha. Over this year alone, we did about seven or eight different events throughout throughout the world. We did twice in England, we did in Israel now, we did in, in Monroe and in Muncie and in Chicago and today in Bar Park. So I didn't get too much sleep this night. Um, Hashem, it was an unbelievable couple of hours that Russell flew in from, from Cleveland and flew straight out to Israel on the flight, now back to Israel. So it's unbelievable what we're accomplishing. But more important is the phone calls that I'm getting, which I want to be able to share with everybody on this on this call. A couple of takeaways tonight. This call, this question that came up before about how can I go down when my questions are not being answered, was asked from me, I believe in the last 10 days, was probably five or six times with different parents, men and women. And it's, it's extremely hard, especially when you have parents that are dispatched for a long time, 
they feel they don't have anything anymore to give. And that's why we talk to have these Shabbatons, that people go there and it's Mamish life-altering event. It's not like, you know, people know about different Shabbatons that just come to have a good time and some good food and some good singing. We have that as well. But it's more that, first of all, and you find a couple of people that you can hold on to. We have this probably now in the world many, many groups that created from the Shabbaton, even though it doesn't say the name Keshe on it, we're not ready for that, we don't have the funding, we don't have the manpower, there's one in Flatbush, there's not two in, in, in Lakewood, it's on the Nasivos, one was, they had their own, but they just added another one because of us, and in Monty, there's three groups happening, a Hasidic group and regular groups, there's all over, there's in Israel, there's this called Colin Hashamas that I just attended a few weeks ago. What's more important, what I tell the parents is, that what we grow as parents from this experience, if we can only leave today with this chizik, that we as parents grow from this experience, that alone should really say to yourself, I wouldn't wish it on my biggest enemy. But after I went through this, where am I? Where am I myself today as a person? And you'll always look back and say to yourself that you are much stronger and much more powerful today between your avoids Hashem, between your being a true, authentic Jew to Hashem. And that's what I take out of my mind sign. As far as the children, the Vayneshlam told the Eden in Mitzrayim, he didn't wait till after Matthew to say it. Hashem wanted to say a message to us the tires and Nitzchias, that we as Jewish people, yes, you will go through hard times in life, but always remember that Hashem loves you. And it's extremely, extremely important to know that Hashem loves you. And how prevalent it is now that that we're having actually this event happening and we're able to connect to our children in such a way, in such a deep level, that we see them for who they are as true, sensitive neshamas, that they have gone through something in life. There's no child that wants to be bad. There's something bad happened to them. Today I had this here to hear of Shemirasni over and over and over again for the last year that I attended many, many of the events. And there's one thing that stays with me in my mind that he shared today, and he shared it many times. But today it really hit home. And I wanted everybody to walk away with that today. He had a Shabbos in Tzvass with one of his children. And after Shabbos, where he thought already he was Matzliach, and they grew from the experience, there was Tzvass. He says, you don't have to tell you what goes on in Tzvass. And everything goes, and you have a nice Kalvach Friday night, different singing. And, and the spiritual level that, that he felt that his child uh, experienced he felt that it was on the way up and he even called his wife in the morning that I think would, 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 there was a turning point. And then he shared with us that he said he doesn't understand why his daughter decided that his car is a swimming pool. That's how she was dressed. And then the rock music and everything else went up extremely, extremely loud. He said when he reached one point, I can't remember exactly where, he walked out and he walked towards the Jordan Valley. He couldn't even stay in the car. He didn't say anything for sides. He didn't want to say anything negative to her. 
He just sh showed her that he needs to go out for a few minutes to catch some air. And he said, this is something I want to share with everybody. You're going to come to a point where you're going to say to yourself, I'm doing everything, nothing is working. How much more can I give to this child? And he said, I'm doing everything. Show me a sign. Give me the right words that I should be able to continue living with this pain of having a child that's going through what she's going through. And I think this sums up what Kesha Nash is all about. Defy me more that I can, than I can love you, and you will fail. Defy me more than I can love you, and you will fail. I think this is a point that every person today on this call, and it could be with struggling married children that are, that are, that are alienating us in a certain way. Um, it could be single moms that feel that nobody's there for them, and the child is not really coming to them, whatever that is. Defy me more than I can love you. Hashem does it to us regardless of how much we sin. Doesn't care how much we do. But we do. Many times over and over again. We ourselves admit now a whole slichas. We keep saying to Hashem, we sin, we sin, we sin. I think if we would spell it out and people would listen to us, we would stop talking. But the fact of the matter is, with Hashem, we keep on saying, we have to see this in our children. And our children have to feel it 100%. I wish everybody on this call that they should be able to walk away today keeping your head up high and knowing that Hashem loves you, you love your children, and with this we'll be able to bring the coming of Mashiach. All right, Rabbi, Rabbi Miller, one question before you go. Which parents or who should reach out to Keshe people that are, you know, what, what stage and... and, and... People scared, people uncomfortable. When when should somebody not? When should somebody come and be part of our kavra and join and be part of the Keshe Nafshin? When you already have the koyach to be able to be seen in public and to come to such a Shabbos, that's when you're ready. Some people it takes a very long time to be ready. To be honest. Um, I would probably not want to be the first person to be seen in public that people know that I'm struggling, they have a child that's struggling. It takes a lot of kaiches. So I always tell new parents that we're here for you. We actually had a whole team of special parents that were welcoming these parents at the Shabbaton. I know many parents that while they were driving to Shabbos in Connecticut wanted to turn around many times. Well, Hashem despised and listened to them. I know parents that went to their room and said they're not coming down. But as soon as they came downstairs and they met a couple of friends of theirs, they realized they were all in the same boat. There's one same that said to the Bacharim that the Gemara says that if somebody wants to sin, they should wear black clothing if they go to a place where nobody knows them. He said, I went, I tried it, and I went in, I found all my good friends over. Cash enough, you will find all your friends that you thought that they don't have this problem. You're the only one in the black with the problem. We saw it now with Meshbish that we brought a whole bunch of parents from Manchester, which nobody over there has problems. And they needed to take a van to the airport, 20 uh, families. And when they came there, they found three people on their own black that they didn't know they have the same problem. 
So that, first of all, that created an unbelievable bond between those parents. And now the last two events that we did, one in London and one in, 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 in Manchester, they, they did um, two get-togethers in the summer. Each one had over 80 parents there. So it just shows you when you need to come. You need to come when you have the guts to be able to come. Your child does not have to be in a bad situation of drugs, because that's when it's very, very hard for us to reverse that. We really, really want to do prevention. We really want to be able to help you understand your child, love your child where they are. Um, and then you're able to come and really, really help your child. Everything you do. Um, we have a lot coming on the program. I think I'm sure Noyach is on already. We're going to have, a, it's about a 15, 20 minute video with Trevor Russell for a message for everybody because he's flying now. And then Rashul Noyach, I know he's on. But uh, we have a lot of questions for you tonight, so it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a long night. I think we'll start with the video from Rabbi Russell. Um, let me find it. Give me a second. There we go. Wait one second. Second, second, second. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna go to Rabbi Landau first while we figure out the technical difficulties meant to be. Okay, Rabbi Landau, you're there. Let me uh, unmute you. Oh, you have, oh, no, actually, we have it. We have it. We have it. Okay, hold on. Okay, here we go. We start the video of Rabbi Russell, and uh, it's, it's beautiful Dwartera and speaking about Inyan Diem Kipper. So uh, here we go. Are we on? Do you hear me? Yeah, but we're gonna do Rabbi. We're gonna do Rabbi Rabbi Russell's video first. Okay. Go ahead. Atzlocha. Thank you. It works. Hold on one second. All right, boys, so give me one more minute. I got it, I got it, I got it. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us for tonight's beautiful program, Erev Yom Kippur. I know there's a lot of people here now. This is being pre-recorded because Rabbi Shimon Russell has just finished a five-hour drusher in Barapak, helping Klai Yisrael. Baruch Hashem, he's been very busy since he came onto our program. And uh, I just wanted to ask him one question before we start, uh, before we go into the next speech, is Rabbi Russell, who has... I would say 30 plus years experience dealing with Taurus and Klyosrol and dealing with so many issues, vast majorities of issues in Klyosrol. As we're approaching Tufshin Pei Gimel Yom Kippur, what, Rabbi Russell, what is your 
Hagosha feeling as you're going into the Yom Nirayim, what, what would you tell yourself? What do you tell your clients? When we're dealing with so much sorrows and pain out there, what message should we all be macabre on ourselves as we go into Kol Nidre and Yom Kippur, as we go into this year? Please tell us. Oh, wow. First of all, it's a, it's a pleasure to be back again. Coach Menachem, I profoundly value what you guys are doing. And I hear feedback from all over the world. People who hear things that we've said and shared here. And it's a really amazing supposed to be a tremendous supposed for both of you in doing this program and for all of us that participate in helping, you know, use this vehicle for Kedusha Vatara to help Clarice on something amazing and awesome. So thank you. I just want to tell you my participation for including me in this and uh, making me part of this. Thank you. Okay, so here's the thing. You've asked me a good question. This year, you know, I try to send out some divrei chizuk to many of my clients and friends. They ask me before I beyond it, and I have a new thought. And something really astonishing happened to me this year. I was dabbling sleepless. I was in Manchester in England uh, speaking there on crisis centers. And um, I was dabbling sleepless and I saw something and I was amazed at myself that I saw a line. It's right after Tatamun, towards the end of sleepless. And I saw some words that, quite honestly, you know, in the rational saying sleepless, you know, all the years I just said them. And somehow this year I read them and they talked to me like with red neon lights. And it just blew my mind when I saw what I was saying. And I sent out a Dvachizuk based on this. And it really, formulates how I do feel about us approaching the Yom in this, this day and age, the free Adikadotis, but today, how we must approach it. And the line said like this, it's in Aramaic. The line said, If a son is does a mistake, does something wrong, his father hits him. He hits him to straighten him out. And then it continues. But a father who is compassionate heals his pain. And I was so astonished. I'd never paid attention to this line until this year. And it blew my mind. Think about it. A son is fighting. So the typical traditional reaction is Avur Lakir, Svei Petch, whack him, straighten him out. But then it continues. I think even Artskol agrees with me in the translation because he says, but, however, Avur Dachayis, a compassionate father, Asir Lekeva seeks to heal the pain, not the pain of the Petch, but the pain that caused him to be chaitz in the first place. Because that's the real issue. In my humble opinion, I've met tens of thousands of people over the years who've talked to me about their struggles and their issues and their difficulties with life and relationships. Side with Ben And I can tell you one thing as a Sadashagra. I never saw someone who was murdered against Hashem, who rebelled against Hashem. That's why he did a chet. What I saw were people in pain. 
people who are hurting. And because of the hurt, so we do things that are wrong because we're protecting ourselves. We're in so much pain. We want to protect ourselves and soothe ourselves from pain. And sometimes in that process of soothing our pain, we do something that's wrong. And a compassionate father is asya lika'eva, seeks to heal the pain inside his son so they won't be chayta. And I was thinking to myself, could there be a bigger Meilitz Yosha, a bigger schus for any of us coming to Yom Narayim this year? We all know that Kodesh Baruch Hu relates to us midah connected midah. We all come. None of us, quite honestly, I don't believe, lived up 100% to the standards that we committed ourselves to last year by Ne'ilah. At the end of Ne'ilah, when we were crying and we were davening and we were shrieking out, right? That standard we had, do we really live up to? I don't think so. But I think the reason we didn't wasn't because of reading, because of rebellion. It was because of pain, because we're hurting. And imagine the source we all have if we relate to our own children, Asya Lecha we seek to heal their pain, to free them, to be healthy people, to serve Rabboni Shalom the way they want to. And not only that, we seek to understand the pain of Hashem's children, of everybody else. When we see them behaving in a way that we don't approve of, that our only concern is we want to seek to heal their pain. Imagine what a schus that is for us, coming to Yom Narayim, knowing Hashem is done every yachid when he observes the way we are behaving. We find this idea, and for me it just blew my mind, I never noticed it in the rush of finishing slichas. I never paid attention to that line, and there it was in front of me this year. And it reminded me of something I once saw in Main Beis HaShreva, of Shuaim Sefer on Chumash, where he talks about what happened when where Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Arsinai uh, after he was the Kabul Torah, and he met Yeshua, and Yeshua told him, there's a call of the Chum in the Machne, there's a call of, noise, a call of, uh, of war in the Machne. V'yishma Yeshua is kol ha'am b'rov, v'yoma Moshe kol milchoma b'machne. He says, the voice of war. And Moshe Rabbeinu said to him, no, there's not a, a voice of war, and there's not a, war, a voice of, of, pain, of depression. I hear a voice of pain. And Yushalmi says something amazing in Tanis. Yushalmi says that Moshe Rabbeinu is Mochiach Yeshua. And he says to him that someone who's Asid. Linhaik Sora Kalisol, someone's gonna be the future leader of Kalisol. Ain't no maven ben call He doesn't know the difference between two sounds of two voices. What's Pshat? It's Pshat is Pashat. He was saying, if you want to be the leader of Kalisol, and I think this applies to us very, very much, those of us leading our own families and leading ourselves in our communities with others to have an influence on others. When you hear a voice of 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 what sounds like Merida, sounds like rebellion, 
we have to listen deeper and understand we're not hearing a voice of rebellion. It's a voice of pain. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu is, Mechich Yeshua. You want to be the leader of Klanisol, you've got to know you're hearing a voice of pain. It's a pain deep down, and that's the voice that causes us to be chaitah, that we're hurting inside. And because we're hurting, we take care of ourselves instead of taking care of others and taking care of Hashem's needs, so to speak. We end up being chaitah, really in self-preservation. And we have to come to Yom Kippur knowing this, that I'm not a bad person. Even though I did many chatoim, I have to know the truth that my chatoim came from a place of pain inside myself and not from a place of rebellion against Hashem. Even if I felt I don't care, I don't care, I'm going to do what I want, that too comes from a deep place of hurt inside ourselves. And our job as Kaisal is to heal each other, to heal ourselves and heal each other. Rabbi Yonah says, I'll tell you something amazing, amazing. Rabbi Yonah has a safer Sharia Veda. How to serve Hashem. Beautiful Savior. And he starts like this. What's his opening line in a Savior that's about Avedis Hashem? He talks about Avedis Tefillah and Korbanas and Shar Mitzvahs. And what's his opening line? Hapesach Harishon Hu for Isha Oved Sheyeda Erech Atzmoy a person who's going to serve Hashem, who wants to serve Hashem, the Pesach HaRishon is to know Eirech Atzmoy, self-worth, that you're valued by a Kodesh Baruch Hu, that you have a Tzalem Elohim inside, that inside, just like we daven every, every day in the morning, I'm Tahir, I'm a good person. I am chayta. How does it stem? And the answer is, I'm chayta, not because I'm a bad person. I'm not doing any merida. I was chayta because I'm hurting. And I'm not excusing it, Rabbanish. I'm not trying to get off and excuse myself. I understand I can't and I shouldn't behave this way. But know this, Rabbanish. I and the people I know, I'm chayta because I'm hurting. And yes, I'm committed to healing myself. I'm committed to making myself heal from my pain and my hurt so that I won't have to be chaita. So I'll make good choices in my life. That's the importance. That's why I think when I first went into this field, Shach gave me the chizuk to do it. And he said to me, the hind does avedis hakodesh. Today, this is avedis hakodesh. And it's absolutely true. Healing yourself is avedis hakodesh. If I'm right, it's because healing yourself Healing your pain inside frees you to be the Selamelokim, to be the person you really are. We find this, it's fascinating, we find this idea. When Moshe Rabbeinu was given the Shlichas to be Kalisar out of Mitzrayim, so that he went by the stairs, he didn't want to do it, he couldn't understand. Take a look at Kalisar, what they only look like. Can you imagine how damaged and battered they looked after 210 years of slavery? In our terms, it will be the genes and the piercings and who knows what, you know, and the, and the, the shemati, the, 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 just not caring about the chitzonius. Metaphorically, they look like a subrachan people. 
And Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't understand. They're going to come and follow me out to keep Torah. They follow me to Hashem. So Hashem, the Prophet says, Raya Ra'isis Ani Ami. I see very much the, the suffering of my people, and their pain. And the Medrash says something astonishing. That Hashem is Mochiach Moshe. How dare you say you can't bring them out? I'll tell you why you can't bring them out. Because Raya Ra'isi, Atom Moshe Raya Ra'ia Achas. Ani Hashem You Moshe see one Raya, the outside, the Chetzonius. You see what's going on on the outside. Ba'ani says Hashem. Ani Roshterius. I see the Pneumishemabnemius. I see deep down in the hearts of all these Yidden is a Yid who's Taha Vakadosh and wants to be close, only he's hurting. Because I see the pain and suffering and that makes him hurt, so you can't see it. You have to see it if you want to bring them out. And really, that's our door. That's the door we're living in. We, you know, people think we're constantly excusing, you know, giving a terrence. We're letting people off the hook. They don't realize, you know, anyone who's been to therapy, who's tried to work on themselves, knows how crazy it makes them when people say, yeah, yeah, therapists give terutsin. You know, we give terutsin. You're just hurting. That's why you're hurting. You're hurting. They don't understand that the process of therapy is gut-wrenching, unbelievably hard, difficult, painful work to heal and repair the traumas and hurts of my life that make me the way I am. And I know I'm a chuyv to do it because I have to stop being a chayta. I have to be close to you, Rabbi Shalaya. And I know I've got to heal myself. I have to recover my Eirich Atzmo, my sense of self. Because if not for that, I know I wouldn't be Chaita. In my humble opinion, I think we find this idea, this is a shtick of Chiddush of mine, you know, people think that that's fine, but I get away, I can say what I want here. So I'll be honest, here's, here's the thought. You know, we say the David Hashem this beautiful capital, all the way through El, and it's a bit confusing. Because the last second to last line says something strange. We sing it, it's a beautiful song, but I'm not sure we, we can touch it so easily. And then Kavil Hashem, right, right? Was it Lule Hemanti? Were it not, Lule, Hemanti, I would believe. Were it not, I would believe that I would be in there at Sachayim with you, Hashem. Lule Hemanti, Liras, the two Hashem. Were it not that I believe to see the good of Hashem in that time, it, it's a clumsy, it's a clumsy pasuk. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense at first when you look at it. And I'd like to suggest the following. Like all good Hasidish Shoveta, it all depends where you put the comma. So I'm going to put one comma and make a difference in this whole pasuk and the whole capital. What's the capital? The whole capital, David Hashem is David HaMelech talking about the fights and challenges and difficulties he had both from within Yetzirah and without the Muhammad's, the wars, the people who wanted to hurt him and kill him. Right? They were from the out and both out and in, there were those outside who wanted to destroy him and inside the Yetzirah who wanted to destroy him. And he struggled his whole life with this. And he was honest about these struggles. And all he wanted was Achashanti Hashem, Shivdi Hashem. But these problems got in the way. 
So he finishes the petal with something amazing. This is how I read it. When I, I say it twice a day, this is how I say it. Lule, comma. Lule, psych, you have to stop, you have to pause. Lule, were it not for these tremendous struggles with my Yetzara within, from the pain and suffering I have in my life that gets in the way and, and makes me do things I don't want to do, were it not for the forces outside that traumatize and hurt me, and the forces inside that protect me from that trauma, were it not for all these struggles, comma, Hermanti, Lyris, Petuba Hashem, Beretzheim. I've no Sophic. There's only one place I want to be. That's Lyris, Petuba Hashem, Beretzheim. No question. That's it. Lule, if it's not for the traumas, the struggles of life, the difficulties, and how it's impacted me and what it's done to me, if not for that. And so I commit myself. Kavil Hashem, I have faith in Hashem that I can heal myself. That I can truly heal myself. I have that faith. And that faith is very rehearsed as something amazing. The fact I'm Kavil Hashem, I have faith in Hashem. You know, it's not lollipops. Just because I have faith doesn't mean Hashem is going to give me the answer right now. Because Hashem knows better. And He knows when I need it and how I need it and what I need. And which struggles I need to go through. And I trust Him. So Kavil Hashem, have faith in Hashem. He can help you heal the traumas, heal the struggles in your life free you if you work hard to be the person you want to be and be close and dovic Hashem. Have Kavit Hashem, but realize this. Strengthen yourself because you know why? Because it's not necessarily going to work. Not when you think, not the agenda, the timeline, that when you think it's going to work, not the way you think it's going to work. So Kavit Hashem, do it again. Keep going, keep going. And it never ends because it's a Jewish way of life to use our struggles and our difficulties to drive us towards Hashem. What we're meant to be doing coming to Yom Kippur, in my humble opinion, what I do is I recognize deep down in my heart that my struggles, my difficulties, my Pneumish of Pneumish wants to be good. My panemis chas I do not want to be rebel against Hashem. My shvachkeit, my chatoim, comes from the pains and wounds of life. And it's my chayv kadosh, it's my chiv to overcome them, to heal myself, to work them through, to regain my erech to regain my sense of self, to come to Yom Kippur with a head held high, held high that I know and I'm confident and I trust Hashem, I will judge my everyone else. I will, I will look at everyone without criticism or blame, my children, my friends. I'm going to understand and try and heal their wounds and try and heal my wounds as best I can and make myself a healthy person. Because I know this, if Lule were it not for the fact I'm not healthy, and that I have my struggles and the impact of the early traumas in life and my pressures and difficulties that I'm a shvach And because of that, I end up doing things I shouldn't do. And I want to stop myself doing those things. My chiv is to heal myself, to build my sense of self, my erich atzvah, realize in Hashem's eyes, He sees raya raisi. He sees deep inside me and He sees who I am. And I see it through Hashem's eyes. 
That's the way I'm going to come to Yom Kippur, with an attitude and conviction to heal myself from all the hurts and wounds and traumas so that I can free myself with the one purpose of being coached by Kodesh Baruch I believe in this generation, that's the way we have to come to Yom Kippur, with a positive attitude, an uplifting and honest attitude about stopping to do chet, but stopping to do it by getting to the source, which is not Merida, the source is the pain and the wounds in my life. I gotta go. I want to wish you everyone, everyone, you, Menachem, and all the people who are watching a Gemachasim Matoba that's built on an honest, healthy look at ourselves, willingness to commit ourselves to working on healing our wounds and healing the wounds, Asi healing the wounds of those around us and of ourselves, in order that, that Hashem's help will free ourselves to be able to be the true Oivde Hashem. That's the one thing we want in life, is just to be close to Hashem. Have a wonderful Yanta for the Machsim And again, thank you both, the Sus, for participating in this beautiful program. Shalom. Take care. Okay. We're back. Orlando, you here? You're good? Yes, we're here. Baruch Hashem, we're here. Clear. We can see you. So I'm going to be honest with you. Rabbi, Rabbi Weinberger spoke very long, and we only asked him one question. We have a list of very hefty questions. I know Rabbi Lando loves Shredder Shilas, so we saved them all for you. So you have two, two options. Either a very short opening, or option two, a gesunde opening. So it's your choice. But no, Rabbi Landa, we're excited to have you here. This is Rashi from Retsky, Brooklyn, Lakewood. The Ish Kaddish Ma'od, very special person. I get to spend some time with him. Bekeshanavshi, Rabbi Landa, it's, it's Mamash Friday in Kippur. I didn't do Kaparos yet. It was raining too much today. Hashem, tomorrow. But we need to before we go into Yom Kippur. And Alin Yonam, everything that's going on in the world. Rabbi Landa, the floor is yours. Oh my! So we heard before from Hakei Tzadik, Moshe Weinberg, the story from the Mehilagim Baditshava. I'm said, I have so many kashas. I'm putting away all the kashas. So we're going to put away all the kashas, even though there's a famous quote from the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Zaychet Tzadik Lebrocha. You know, when we were raised, we were raised that I eat Tzadik kashas. Yes, kashas, I sometimes have to petrachide. This breaks the kashas. Lubavitcher Rebbe once said that Yid is allowed to ask kashas, and Yid should ask kashas because we grow through our questions. If you look at the Gemurah, the entire Gemurah is kash and teretz, kash and teretz. But a yid can't get bent out of shape if he doesn't have the answer. You're allowed to ask a question, and you should ask a question. But having said that, it's I consider this a tremendous chist, likris yoimadin. It's with the company that you travel with, Zoizug de Welt. I, I accepted this because yidin that do so much for Klal Yisrael, Coach Menachem, Yourself, Ushapanas, Rabbi Weinberg, Zazangazin, my Yedid Neymar, Rabbi Shimon Russell, Rabbi Gedalia, Rabbi Gedalia Miller is giving his life for this, his Mishpuch is giving his life for this. The whole Keshe family, how many people, we've spent Shabbosim together, we've seen what they've pulled off. Who would have ever chulam the measure, you would have thought you're in a five star built in a Hyatt. That's credit to Gedalia's daughter. She pulled off a zach over there in a third world country. So the entire Keshe family. And then 
One of the, there's, there's another yid that was mentioned here tonight, a friend of ours, Avi Fishoff, who has done so much. So it's with all these people, all these, all these yidin that are involved in all these, in all these achatel qualities, so I consider it very schist. The theme from what I understand is Karachem of Albunem, Richam Hashem al Yerayev. Want to start off with the story. Briskarov was once in Varsha, and his wife, his Rebetzin, had a family member in Varsha, and they told him that that family member is not well. And he said he's going to be Mavakachoyla, that family member. When the Shtib mentioned her, he's going to be Mavakachoyla, that family member, they said, Rebbe, as a Choyte Machte, as a Shaigetz, he veer off the Yiddish path. How could you go be Mavakachoyla? This, this cousin, if you're going to be a Mavaka Choyle, you know what it's going to do? That's going to validate him. It's like, oh, the grace of Riskarovs is coming to be a Mavaka Choyle. So that means, wink, wink, as we say. So whatever he does, Anish So Riskarov, being Riskarov, answered the uh, Riskarov answer. So he said, the Torah tells us a Pusik by Yeshua Savaida. Like, Sir as Shoyra Chichu. So he said, there are two extra words in this Pusik. The Pusik would have read just fine. You shouldn't see the axe or the uh, um, sheep of your brother straying off the path. Who shift the Shivam? Return it. What is this Vesalam to Mehem? So Chazal Darshan. There are times that you're allowed to walk down the street and make believe you do not see this avayda. And Chazal Darshan, take the good Hadar, whoever the good Hadar is in your mind. He's walking down the avenue and he sees a crackpot Sunday morning that somebody put down and it says the name Goldberg on it. And he knows, I rather know who Goldberg is. So the good Hadar is not to pick up the crackpot and return it, even though it's, it's the Chan avayda. So he said, that is by Navaida. He says, but Yeshaya Nubi teaches us something else. Yeshaya Nubi tells us, when it comes to family members, you do not put a blind eye. You do not turn a blind eye to family members. You always turn around and you embrace them and you do whatever it takes to what you have to deal with. So if my cousin is a... a uh, not well, my cousin might be taka choyte machte, but you want to know what? And Shaya Nuvi told me that I have no right to look away in Echdafen Gain Navakachoilazan. You know, I heard the story and I said, You want to know why? I think I think Pshat is as follows. I think Pshat is very simple. Chazal tell us, Kol Mukim Shaguli Shchinimuam. Kol Mukim Shaguli Yisrael Shchinimuam. Kal Yisrael went into Gulis and who went along with Kal Yisrael the Shchina? If a yid, which is a, a yitzir kapa from the rabbi nishloibam, and a yid who is a, a lakai neshumash in a satabi, we're, we're a chip of the rabbi nishloibam. And when we fakrich layalani somewhere, you want to know something? That child does not go alone. That child has the rabbi following him along. It's like the Pied Piper. Could you imagine where these kindalach are schlepping the rabbi into? Could you imagine the blotters? Could you imagine the, the trenches? You can't go into, into a muk and migdish with your shoes because it's einlafich voidoi. And you're not allowed to stop spit light lining in the Besmedrish. 
Besides by a And what do they do? They schlep the Bashefa along, and the Bashefa goes, and Kalmukim Shaguli Yisrul Shchinemut, and Daibishta goes along with them. You want to know why? Because a father never ever drops a child. If the child kriegt around in the blotter, the father kriegs along with him, and the father goes there to schlep him out. Ah, you want to ask me why the father, why the child went into the blood? That's a whole different shmiz. We could talk about that later. We could talk about that another time. But a child must feel that his father is there with him wherever he goes. Whatever that journey the child goes on, the father is going along with the child on that journey. And we as parents, we as people, we as Call it the lay leaders of Klali, the the Rabunim, the Dayunim. We have to make the, the child feel that yes, you are Takadir, Bistajdart Nalain. And the emiss is that the way a child can understand a relationship to the Rabbinishlam. And if we want our child to really understand that you can have a relationship to the Rabbinishlam, is how the child views our relationship to him. If the child sees that it's it's unconditional, ich bin a kind, ich bin a tata, a mama's a kind. Yes, it's very possible that they are not the proudest of all my actions now. It's very possible that I am giving them Agnes Neifish, but nevertheless, look at them. Look at the Kesha that they have with me. Look at the connection that they have with me. Look at the love. Look at the unconditional love that they are bestowing upon me. So then a child can understand the boy, the boy, the he's our Tata and Himmel. Avada, I'm giving him Agma Snaifish. Avada, I'm doing things that I shouldn't be doing. And believe you me, those children, these thoughts go through their mind. If you for one second think that these thoughts do not go through these children's minds, the boys say, you're all making it to us. Because they're going through these children's minds. They might not be talking about it. And they might not be the ones um, acting it out. And they might be putting up a blech and a in Yiddish. And we are the only ones that can instill this feeling into a child. Kirachim of Albunen. My father's Chayn Levrucha was Reuven and Kehilla, was Rosh Hashiva, and that got him to be Baltfil in the Heiligateg and Yumam Toivin. And I was a child like many children. So, what do children do by Kriya Satoyer? We all know what children do by Kriya Satoyer. What do children do by the Langa Yoitzis and Shakras? What are children that we ran around and we made trouble and we did, you know, what kids, what kids should be doing and what kids do best. And the many a time, like a father, he'd get upset at me. He'd get upset at me, you know, well, like, like, what are you doing? But then came Missive. And by the end of Missive, there was something that I mamish looked forward to. And there were times like a father and a child and my father was the Emmas. Ah. I really was zoiched to have a good father. I was emes dek zoiched eventually to have a good father. And the pale is he went through the atrocities of the war with Hitler and he, and he understood children, he understood American kids, he understood us as children, which is bechlali, a, a, it's a matuna from the shefer. But then came at the end of Missiv and came Dichanen. You know what happens by Dichanen? Every child goes under the father's talus. I was under that talus it could have been that a half hour before the Tata Ozgim is it. 
and could be got a little upset at me and could be I was upset at him for getting upset at me. But as soon as he just pulled me under the talus, I felt, I felt secure. I felt loved. I felt there's somebody that really, really cares about me. And I felt no matter as big as a troublemaker as I was, when I got under that talus next to Mount I felt batalus yifres knufav. All of a sudden, I felt a comfort, and I felt close to my tata. You know what I wanted to do? I wanted to make him proud. I wanted to make him proud. You know, us men, Baruch Hashem, have a very therapeutic thing. It's called a talus. We put on a talus before our davenant safri. We put it on as we go into the smedish and and what do we say? And what we say, and then we say, So the region of the Heiliger region says, He says, when a yid swaddles himself with a talus, what is that talus? That talus is telling you that you are wrapped around the everything that happens on this world is under that talus. You have Lakewood, you have Monroe, you have Manhattan, you have Paris. The Gansavelt is into the Talis. And Mayuka Chazduchu, Elikim, why is it Hashem? Midasarachmim if it's Chesed. Just because many times a Yid finds himself, he thinks that it's Muridik and Midasadim. Many times people come into the houses and they look at the Kindalach and they say, This is my Shtib. This is my Shtib. These are my Kindalach. And he looks at it as Midasadim. Is it an easy pill to swallow? It's a very, very hard pill to swallow. But the way you, you swaddle that child with that talus, the way you're able to embrace your child with that talus, and the way you're able to do this, that is the only way our children can build a relationship with Mbashefen. I spoke to, 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 to an individual a few days ago. Hafler, really, really, I'm so taken aback by it. A yid that was arrested and he spent a night in jail. And the he spent the night in jail. And I asked him, you know, he sat in, 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 in the pen, I think maybe in downtown Manhattan, wherever it was. It's not a picnic to sit there. And I asked him, tell me. How did you how did you survive that night? You're a yid, you were sitting there with all different type of people. He looks at me and he says, I slept like a baby. I said, You did what? I were you able to sleep? He says, If I'm here in jail, you want to know why I'm here? Because they're going to put me here. I'm not in here for no reason. I'm here because this is what the Meshepha did. And then he told me something that was that only he could do. He says there was a guy sitting there. a guy. And the guy was like cursing and upset and mad. And he looks at him and he says, Hey, you Jew boy, tell me, like, what's with you? Why are you so calm? He says, I sat for almost an hour. I was masked the guy with I explained to him wherever he is, the Bashef is there with him. The Ibish holds his hands. He says, You want to know what happened if you're an hour? The guy fell asleep. His anger shook when I put him to sleep. But this is what we have to understand. We have to understand that the way we are the role models to our children, that is the way our children could have a connection in Bashefa. 
over the course of the year. And we've heard this from parents many, many times. How many times have parents, I promise you, I'm not giving him another dollar. I promise you, I'm locking that door 12 o'clock. 12 o'clock, we lock the door. Or other things that, that the parents promised. And then parents feel very guilty. They feel very bad about themselves. I want to share with you a gedank going into to the Heiligetag. It's called God's Tug. It's called God's Tug because Hasutin, the Sudan say, is Begematria 364. And we know that there is 365 days in the year. There is one day that the Eibishter says, it's me and my kinderlach. We are going to talk to one another. You're going to read the host, your you're going to tell me all your problems, and there's no intermediate. I'm going to listen to it, and I will I I get you. I I hear that and visa and we take out sefer toyris and we say kol nidre. I think kol nidre is. Avada, it's Ashanishbati Vaapi. We can't go away from Pushak Shat. We're Mata the Ibishta's neighbor, but the Ibishta said Ashanishbati Vaapi me voinal manichusi, and the Ibishta asks me, Maifer B, who's going to be Maifer Manes? My my neighbor. And we're Maifer the Ibishta's neighbor. But I want to speak to all these Yidin out there, all these Tatras and all these mamas and all these people that have kindleh. And you've made promises over the year, and you promised, I'm not going to do this for him anymore. I'm not going to do that for him anymore. We're coming into the Smedrish and Kippur Benacht, and we're taking out the Sifra Toiris. And we take out the Sifra Toiris, and I'm Heiligen, and God's Tug, the Heiligen Nacht starts with Kol Nidre. Kol Nidre was meant for all of us, all of these Nidurim that we made, and all of these promises that we said we're not going to do for our children anymore. And all of these Harumas that we were machrim our kinder, we start Kol Nidre, and we cry, and we do it in front of the Sifra Toiris. Why do we do it in front of the Sifra Toiris? Because we said this once in the past already, when this child was born, when their yingle is geboiling gevarim, when the smidel is geboiling gevarim, the first place we shared the simcha was by the Sefer Torah. We took it out and we made a mishabayrach liyoldis, and we yekudosh mal Or we made a mishabayrach and we said, we should be zoichet to be a machnas bevrishashlovramavini. And we tell the Sefer Torah, 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 do you remember, do you remember that there was a time, I was so proud of this child, and you remember that there was a time that we envisioned, you know what we're going to do with this child? And you know how this child is going to grow up? And you know what this child is going to be? This child is going to be the poster child. I'm naming him after my Zaid, after my Bab, after who that was. And look at me now. Look at me now. And I made all these terrible promises and I feel terrible. And the Torah is Mailat's Toivanos, and the Torah goes to Kavayuchel and says, Rabbi Shloidam, what do you want from what do you want from these people? How much could they carry? Vifelken is a trugan, but Kirachem of Albunim is Kirichem, is Hashem al Yirayev. The Toyme Devoyer, Moshe Kodavari, writes that the Eibish is a noise oven. And he explains, what does it mean, noise oven? And he says, But eight someone a doesn't invite it. Eibish, lightning should zap the Yid's Alm And what happens? 
the yid, not only the Eibish to give him sustenance after the vayre, b'shas he's doing the vayre, b'shas he's in the worst places, he's Christ, he's eating chaza, he's doing, he's being mechal Shabbos, who's giving him life to be able to continue? The boyri kolelumen, the Eibish to zanoisa uvoin, what we have to do, as the Balshem Kudish always used to say, Hashem Tzilchu, we have to emulate the Rebbeinu Shloinam's Deruchim. We have to know by Nila we say Atnoisan Yad Lepoishim v'Yeminchu Pshitu LeKabel Shuvim. Ibishta stretches out which Yad that's the left hand. He doesn't stand stretch out a hand. He embraces us. He embraces us with both hands to hug us and to kiss us. You want to know why? Because we don't know what the Cheshboinus are. We do not understand. And if you look into the Psudik Surim, you look into the other Sum Sifrim Aral, it's not so push it when you see somebody being over in a virus. It's not so push it, a vado would not allowed to be over a virus, and a vado would not allowed to whitewash it. But it's not so push it. It's very yetuchen that this person has to go down this path to find his way. There's a word from him, Magad from his rich. He says that the Ger comes to Shammai and tells him, And what does Shammai tell him? Says the Magad, what was the question? What was the answer? So he says, the Ger comes to Shammai and tells him as follows. I want you to teach me I want to become a ger. I want to become a Balshiva. I want no ups and downs. You know what I want? I want one thing. I want to be able to be on one level. I want to be on one step. I don't have koyich with this nisyoyness. So, dochvei ba'amas abiyin. He says, you ever saw a building? You ever saw a building? How do you build a building? You dig down. You go down in the trenches. You dig down very, very deep. Sometimes two, three, four, five stories down. Then you build up. You cannot grow if you do not stumble. So our kindleach, wherever they may be, this might be for them stepping stones, not stumbling blocks. Is it easy for us? No, it's not easy for us for parents to look at this. I just want to end off with this with this thought that I that, that once crossed my mind. I walked into a, a very very wealthy person's house. And they must have paid a fortune of money to have the house designed. And then I walked into the kitchen. The kitchen must have cost them twice $150,000. I have no idea. Expensive granite counters and everything was matching. And then I look at the fridge and this huge two-door fridge that looked mamish almost like garage doors has something that does not match. It has something scribbled in black crayon on a piece of paper cut up with, with yellow dots and blue stickers. And I ask the person, I knew what it was. It was a child's arts and crafts. I'm afraid, what is this? It doesn't match the decor. So he says, yeah, but this is my yingalas. I said, ah. In our mind, our perception is that tefillahs and mitzvahs and Yiddishkeit goes up the way we were taught. And the emes is azoy. But Yiddishkeit is not one size fits all. There are some yidin, some boys and some girls that we look at them and we walk down the street and we jump uh, to conclusions and we judge them and we say, look at them, and you'll be surprised, you're going to come up one day, you're going to find whatever they did, however they connected to the Rabbeinu is hanging up there in front of the Kisah covered like this little yingle is 
little lots of crafts that was all messy. You want to want to know why? Because kirachem of albunim, the same way the seed had a hundred thousand dollar kitchen or a hundred fifty thousand dollar kitchen. When it came to his child thing, it doesn't have to match. It doesn't have to. As long as you're connected, as long as you want to send me a a uh, a arts and crafts. And man yaimalach, if we could cause our kids to be mekayim kibbit av by giving a father a hug and a kiss or just telling them hello or just telling them thank you. You gave him pocket money. You bought him something that he wanted. Maybe that's his his madin. So we're going in some high looking tug. We have to remember but a mere fact that a person lives through the 26 hours, help all of us. should give us should give us should 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 that's from all your tzaddikim, that's Coach Menachem, that's Reb Gedalia, that's Rabbi Weinberg, that's Reb Shimon Russell, that's Rabbi Parnas, everybody was mitzitzach, you're the tzaddikim, you're, you're patchkening with the Eibishtas, with the Eibishtas, Kindelach, Eibishtas, because this is really, really not the way it's supposed to be. The emes is not the way it's supposed to be. We're all supposed to be. Elach Yiddish Kindelach, but the Eibishter has his cheshboinus, and everything that happens is the way it's supposed to happen. Yes, do we have Agmus Neifish from it? We have unbelievable Agmus Neifish from it. The Eibishter should give us koyach that we should be able to continue raising these doyers and seeing, being zoyach, to see them go of the derech that we were raised. Oh my. Again, for the opening, and um, it's a big swiss to have you with us tonight. And now I'm gonna share with you some questions that came in. And um, uh, this is um, here it goes. So it could be spoke about a little bit, but if parents come into your office and they want to discuss it with you, we'd love to hear how you would answer them. I feel guilty that my children are like this today, and I feel that it's all my fault. Either I was too lenient and my wife was too strict or the other way. We totally messed up our children. How do I live with this type of guilt, especially as we're coming out to Yom Kippur? Speak to any individual who has raised kids, speak to him years later. You know, it'll tell you, I should have done things differently. He told me that he was by Rabbi Yankimaya Shecht a few years ago. And Rabbi Yankimaya asks him, no, let's say the easy name is Chaim. Chaim, what's doing? He says, Rebbe Baruch Hashem. He says, things are good. I'm retired. Um, uh, I married all my kindalach, I have a deer in Florida, Yerushalayim, Baruch Hashem, life is very good. So Bianca Mai asks him, 
If that's the case, like you finished your shlichus, why are you still living? Why is the Ibish still giving you years? Like this was not, I did not expect this conversation to go this way. So I was quiet. I figured the Sadak wants to tell me something. So he told me that, the, that there's a prusig. He says, a person that raises his kids, he raises his kids the way he thought when he was a Yingaman, how he should raise his kids. He was all Yingalat. This was, I don't know if it was black, but it wasn't white once upon a time. And we had our opinions, how we're going to put our kids in the place and how we're going to raise them. And we thought certain things were more important than we didn't give, we, we all we all walk around feeling Chagaken Besatim. But Lamasa, once you raise your kids, the game is up, the time is over. But if you fix by your Einiklach what you didn't do for your kinder, so the answer is no young parent gets a manual and no child comes with the manual. And like the round, they they set set in the playpen or the crib. Nobody puts in their manual. Okay, this is this is the manual for Yanki, for Rifki, for Suri, for Miriam. Go figure it out. How do you really expect young couples and young fathers and mothers to figure it out? And that's in between panusa and diapering the kids and everything. So yeah, that's it. But we straighten it out eventually. So the answer is move on, don't look back. ברוך <laughs> The answer is that the answer is not Yom Kippur. The answer is there's 364 days in the year that you should try to straighten this out. And it's very possible that they need to go to a therapist. It's very possible they need to go to somebody that to give them parenting courses. You know, uh, this, this is not... that you should, you, She should make a kabula that if the Yom Kippur, I'm going to turn to people for help. Sometimes issues... Many times people cannot take themselves out of their situations. And like Shlomo Melech says, there are people out there that can help you. And there must be very many reasons why this is like this. So this, the, the answer to this issue is not Yom Kippur. The answer to this is the Kabul Yom Kippur should be that I'm going to turn for help. Rebelanda, more general question. Um, I had a very good Rosh Hashanah, Baruch Hashem. I felt very uplifted and I looked forward to a different way of living, more meaningful, more toichedik. But the bottom line is, however, when I got home, everything was exactly the same. It hit me like a ton of bricks. I thought it would change for better. What could I do as I'm going to Yom Kippur that I should feel in Mechavik? Oi, <laughs> what do you want from me? I'm giving you the easy questions. The Tveris Shloyme used to make a Kabula every year. And uh, we would think the Gersa Tveris Shloyme would make very Gersa Kabula. Tveris Shloyme was one of the biggest Rebbe's in Koylam. 
and he writes what his Kabbalas were every year. Lamushal, I saw he writes that one year he made a Kabbalah that when he's learning and somebody walks into the room and uh, he, you know, the curiosity gets to you, you want to see who's there. So he's going to learn for five minutes uninterrupted before he sees what's going on. He had his degrees at Fereshleim, this was his Kabbalah. I find that many times we're not realistic with our, with our Kabbalah son of Shoshuna. And it's, you know, the Reb Shamshin Fulhersh writes, Gechitzim v'yad giber kaim b'nei hani'irim. And he says, when somebody goes, uh, does archery, he says, or if you send out a missile, or if you send out a racket, he says, if when you let it go, you're off by a milliscule, in 50 miles from now, it veered off track by, uh, by who knows how much. You do not turn a steam liner in a sharp U-turn. It's a very, very slow zach. If you make a kleine kabula, and every year you add to that, and you keep a little notebook, in Tufshi and Pai Gimel, I made a little kabula, whatever that kabula should be, a tiny kabula, and, you, and you're able to stick to it, you feel like a million dollars, because you feel you're, like you're in control of yourself. Once you're in control of yourself, many other things fall into place. Yes, if Yingaman sits in Mesmedish Rosh Hashanah and he says, okay, comes after you know, Rosh Hashanah, I'm going to get up 6.30 every morning, I'm going to make it to the daf, my daven instead of taking 20 minutes is going to be an hour, I'm going to go home, help my wife, whatever the list should be, that's not even going to last one day. So, you know, it's, and, and then comes the Yitzhahara that doesn't want us to be Matzliach, but if it's a kleiner zach, we can hold on for their life. And if we feel good about ourselves, that's the biggest hatzlucha in Avdus Hashem. Tzadikim om that that um, uh, atzvus is not the worst of either, but atzvus brings to the worst, worst of either. Healthy self-esteem might not be the biggest zach, but it could bring you to the to in velt lechazach a milad alma a milad to be a very successful person. Okay. There's another question that came in. It's hard for me to connect to Hashem for various reasons based on my experiences that I had when I grew up. I don't trust anyone. I have a hard time trusting, and I don't see any way for me to connect to Hashem with all of the mercy that we're all this that we're discussing here tonight. What can I do in my circumstance to be able to start connect to Hashem? You're asking me a shala that I have a very hard time answering because I, I thank the Eibishter that I don't struggle with this. Something that I don't struggle is very hard for me to answer. But I will tell you what somebody told me this week. Somebody who has gone through a very, very shared childhood, very shared childhood. And nobody meant bad. And it wasn't 
like many other stories, just life did not treat him fairly, as we would say it. And understandably, he is uh, not uh, Shaimatari Mitzvahs the way we would consider Shaimatari Mitzvahs. But he tells me, he says, I am so connected to God. He's connected in his own ways. You know, it's not, this is, everybody, everybody can find a way to connect. Everyone connects differently. And if we really, if we really search, I don't believe, there's no atheist in the foxhole. You know, as you're going through life, and as you're going through, whether it's job interviews or health, whatever, whatever life curveballs throw at you, you know, dating, marriage, I'm talking now in Nishtans, I'm talking to those people that are nebuch, that say that they're not connected. There comes a time when everyone says there is someone out there. And evidently that person, not that person, that power is, is watching over me. And you connect and connect however you feel you should connect. No, is it the way we connect? No, it's not the way we connect. But I would want to believe, and again, I'm going to go back to my school. It's a very shir shalaf me because Baruch Hashem, I, I don't struggle. I, 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 I really, I, I'm so thankful that I that, that I have a chef. I, I really, I, I can't be, I can't tell it to you enough. I think I'm the luckiest person. And when things go go be south, I tell him thank you. I say, Mistuma, you you know that this is the biggest tribute for me. It's a very schwer answer for me to answer. I, I hope that this answer is suffice. Okay. Rolanda, I have two more questions. And then I have a message from Rabbi Yy, and then we could do it as a closing. So it's the chizik to the end. One more, one more, one more chizik from Rabbi Lando. Is that okay? Go ahead. Okay. It's a question people ask because you, you run a yeshiva, you run moistus. It's a little more maybe for you. How could parents have more open, cohesive relationships with schools while they have different issues going on at home, whether it's children of the derech, to work together with the schools? How, what's the, what would be the proper way to go about this type of stuff? Or whatever the union is, whether, you know, they're going through struggles at the home. I find that open line of communications is the only way to go if the Siata the and Philip. Now, but there are a few, there are some prerequisites for that. The parent has to feel secure and comfortable with whoever the Machanach or the Machanachas is, that there are no ulterior motives and they really want the toiva of the child. And not every child is, uh, is an easy child in yeshiva, but at the end of the day, every child has, has uh, good sides in him and good zach, and he might need help. So the first thing is open line of communication. What I've, what I've come to see very painfully over the years is that parents that were burnt by the system, for better or for worse, that's the Matthias Hadova. And they grew up in a system where they, uh, 
they felt they were treated not fairly, anytime they see an educational system or anything that has to do with it, a, a some, some uh, barrier goes up and, and they just can't. They, they, they cannot accept it. They, they don't trust it. They think it's you against me, me against you. And that's something that's it's very hard. I, I, it's very hard for yeshivas to, to fix that. You get, the yeshiva is not in the position to fix a problem that a parent went, suffered for 5, 10, 3, or 18, or 15 years, whether he was called a dummy or whether he was Matamavazagavain for a certain Malbish or whatever it is. And when you do get a chance to talk to parents, you try to come across and say it to them and explain to them, but when do you really get that opportunity? So it doesn't really happen. It's it's a very it's 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 a complicated zach. But the but the long and the short is a parent should be made should be made should should feel comfortable from his child's mechanachomachaneches and feel that I could discuss everything with them. Not always do you find it, but but that's the uh, that's the gist of it. That's what we gotta get to. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I have two more questions. I feel most of my conversation with my children are negative because our relationship where it's holding. And Keshinashi, you were speaking, you said when you talk to your child, if it's going to be something that's gonna build them up, say it, otherwise keep your mouth closed. Can you explain how someone could do that when the child is acting out and talking so disrespectfully? Yes, I can tell it to you. And then there's a pusigarei betiv Yerushalayim. Because there's enough chasroinus to see in Yerushalayim, and there's enough chasroinus to see in our chavayim. There's enough chasroinus to see in our children. Let me tell you, there's a lot, a lot of malas in our children. Is It's not easy to always pick it up, it's you took him that one, that's like such a rascal that you can't find anything. But for the most part, every child has something that you can give him a genuine compliment and something that you could tell him, that makes me proud. And the child knows good and well, when you tell him, you make me so proud, he knows. Are we still connected? Okay, that child knows when, when if let's say, he's, he's a Mechal Shabbos, and you tell him, you make me so proud. He knows good and well, you're not making, I'm not making Tati Mami proud. But he did something. He was nice to a sibling. He did something. You find that thing the same way Ibishta looks, looks to, to find our, our mitzvahs, Daibishta looks to find things how we can give us Daibishta looks to find ways how we can give us life. We have to look how to find ways and to compliment our children. And that that goes a very, very far way because a child knows if a fa- if a father or a mother finds a compliment, you know, I'll tell let me tell you, let me tell you I, I, I had with the Bukha. Last year, he came late in the sifta every day to Shachris. And the Oilam was really, they, 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 they were at wit's end. He would roll in 
who knows what time, I decided one day to do something very unconventional with him. And the Baltfilla was up to, I knew that he rose in Berak by Yishtabach, and he hangs out in the coat and puts on a stfil. I come down to him one day and I tell him, let's his name is Chaim. I say, Chaim, I say, wow, I'm mamish. I, I can't get over it. I'm really, I'm impressed with you. And he looks at me, he's not sure, am I being cynical? Am I being, uh, you know, am I, uh, well. So he says, he's, I said, Chaim, tell me the honest truth. How much of a struggle was it for you to get out of bed this morning? How many times did you hit the snooze? He says, oh, Rebbe, you want to know how many times? He says, and what happened? Finally, I decided I got to get out of bed. I got to go to Yeshiva. I said, Chaim, at the end of the day, you made it. You made it to Yishtabach. You're here. I said, you are struggling to get out of bed. And another advice, 80 Bukhram, 100 Bukhram are not struggling to get out of bed. Well, they have an easier time. For you, this is a murder gazach. I gave him a hug and a kiss at the time. I'm really proud of you. You know what time he was there the next day? He was there by Bruchas the next day. Okay, it didn't last very long, but it got me a few days. Point is, find something to compliment him. It might be something that is like so bizarre, but give him a true compliment and ride with it. Okay, well, I'm going to ask a question that's a little bit off topic, but I'm getting a few texts. But uh, we'll go with this and we'll do a rabbi, why why video while he was traveling, he sent the video. So we'll listen to it for a few minutes and then if you do a closing. Question is basically people are texting. There's a lot of organ there's an organization that a lot of parents, uh, the kids don't speak to the parents for various reasons, whatever the reasons are. And this, as you know, some parents don't talk to the kids because they are so hurt from years. As we're going to Yom Kippur, what could we tell such parents that don't speak to their kids because they're angry with where they're holding or what they did to them over the years? Or vice versa, where the parents, the kids today feel that the parents did such horrible things to them and they were so, we got to do a show with Rabbi Russell right after Sukkot about emotional neglect, about, you know, it's time, you know, so a lot of parents, they, they don't speak to their kids, they don't speak to their kids, there's a tremendous disconnect. We're going to Yom Kippur, what, what could Divrei Chizik tell to either try to reconnect or how or what, it's not an easy question, but is such a such there, there are a lot of these situations. This organization has 700 parents that don't speak to their kids. I'm going to have to camouflage the story because otherwise it shouldn't. I can't have it get back. I was talking to somebody today. Somebody who's in a certain position. And uh, a parent wasn't talking to them for many, many years. We're talking about adults. We're not talking about children. A lot of bad blood there. A lot of bad blood. The individual that we're talking about is in a certain matzav where the other parent had the ability to stop by and visit. Didn't say they stay there very long, just said the right things. This first individual called me afterwards saying, you don't understand. They, they, they reached out to me. They, they said the right things. They didn't say the wrong things. I would tell all these parents, try to reach out to your child, Erev Yom Kippur, and say two words. I'm sorry. And if they let you get another few words in their choice, 
I just didn't get you. I didn't understand you. I, 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 let's, let's try to start off on a, 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 a new, on a, on a new for next year. I will try to understand you better. And, I, and, and it's not about the parent. It's not about the parent. The child has to feel that the parent really feels their pain. And the parent could gather all his koiches to say, I'm sorry, I'm an adult. I, I, I have to apologize to you. Is that a quick fix? No, but it's very yetuchen that it would be it will be a quick fix for many many parents and many many children it won't fix all of them and it will only list if the parent taka is sincere and sorry and if the child taka feels that the parent understands the pain of of uh, of their of, of their pain Okay. I have a reminder for the for the parents that the par the kids don't want to talk to the parents the other way. I'm sorry. The other way. The the the, the, the kid doesn't want to talk to the parents the other way. They're, they're cutting off the parents. William Kipper. Because whatever they the parent did, you know, like we said, like asked before, like you know, people making mistakes. Send someone to them. Find someone that could track them down and tell them I have a message from your parents. And chances are the child is going to be very macho and turn around. And then, you know, maybe even maybe even just a few short words, but you have to make sure that, that you write it well. You know, we're sorry, we didn't understand you. He might not read it then. He might crumble it up. He might shove it in his pocket. But he might read it a day later, a week later, a month later. You never know. We have to, we have to, it's the ultimate loik, it's hashivayni Hashem Eilechu, the neshiva of Akeet. We have to be the ones to instigate. We have to be the ones to make the first move. We cannot expect our children to make that first move. And find the opportunity. It's just, be it a friend, be it something, and zagak kapitel tilim. Okay, Rabbi Lanza, stay on. Let's play Rabbi Rabbi's message. It was a big chizik. He was traveling today, and he did this. You could see he's traveling, and uh, we're going we're gonna to end with the closing. Stay with us, Rabbi Lanza, okay? Good evening, Rebasha. Good evening, Coach Menachem. Good evening to everyone gracing us here with your presence. It's an honor and privilege to be here with you. I'm actually on route now. I'm in Denver, Colorado for a few lectures here this evening. So I uh, bring you regards from Denver and wish everyone a good filled with bracha and hatzlocha, adbulidai, health, happiness, prosperity, nachas, and Hashem should fulfill all of your hearts, all of our hearts' desires, with serenity. So, I have a few moments here before my uh, my drasha. Let me uh, share with you just a brief insight. We learned at Shabbos morning, this past Shabbos morning in our Shul, our Chaim and Munsi, 
and uh, it left such a, a powerful impression on me and I think all of those who were learning with our Hevra, with our Chabura. So I want to share with you just one point. We were learning a mimer, a discourse, an essay, a pre, uh, an idea of the Balatanya in his uh, magnum opus, in the Sefer Lekutatera, he has a mimer on uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, says Metruva. Begins with the Pasuk, Shir HaMalos Mimamakim Krosicha Hashem. It's intense, it's profound and intricate. Uh, but I want to share one one powerful Nakuda that I so, thought is so apropos and so relevant and so meaningful and inspiring for so many of us. First, you say the Balatanya says there, which is based already, it's explained in many Svarim, he says as follows, you have to remember that there's two dimensions to every Neshama. He calls it Yaakov and Yisrael. When it says in Torah that it could be something called Karis, the soul gets cut off. He says, you have to remember that can only be in the beginning of Yaakov. Yaakov is Yud Ekev. It's the way the soul is embodied within the consciousness of a person. And sometimes I can do things in which consciously I cut myself off from my source. But he says there's a deeper state of being called Yisrael. And in his words, it's Echad Yachid Umiyuchad Hashem Yisbarach it's a dimension of self, the innermost state of a Jew's being that is completely one with the Rebbeinu Shalom. And it can't be severed. There's no chorus there. Even if I made every mistake in the world, even if I did everything to crush it, to stifle it, I may not have access to it consciously. I may not be aware of it. But that state of being is completely, completely whole. And just like nobody can snuff out the soul of the Rebbeinu Shalom, no one can destroy Hashem's confidence or Hashem's power or Hashem's light or Hashem's infinity, Hashem's love, that state of being your chelek mamish. Therefore, it's inseparable. And the Rechag of that Pshat in Halachi, that the very day of Yom Kippur creates Kapara, that's the Shita of Rebbe, Masechus Shuvah, Yud Gimel, the Rabbanon say, you need tshuva. Rabbi says, no, the day itself is mechaper. The Rambam, in Melchus Tshuva says, atzmoy shalyoy mechaper l'shavim. The Rambam also holds it's the day itself that brings kapara, but tshuva is a t'nai. How can a day bring kapara? The pshat is, on Yom Kippur, we have more access to the fifth level, Yechidah Nefesh. that's why there's five prayers connected to five levels of the soul. This level of Yisrael comes out and automatically you're atoned because over there you never sinned. If I, if I would know that part of me, I would have never sinned. I don't need to sin. It's not who I am. It's a pasmanage that's below me. It has nothing to do with me. It's only because I don't know who I am. I have been severed. I have become disassociated from my core that I'm shyach to make all these mistakes in life. This is, that's the yesoid you have to remember with every person, with every Jew, with every child, no matter what have those lenses to be able to look at that space and remember in that space he's echad yochid umiyuchidim Hashem Yisborech b'lishum pirud b'shum nothing nothing can alter it nothing can affect it the question is how much it's embodied how much I'm aware of it how much it informs my daily life and my daily choices and then he reaches another point and he says, the Pasek says, In Parshish Nitzavim also, that uh, 
sometimes there could be a matzav ha'yekevayelacha kaladvarim ma'ela, and there's a matzav of hidichacha Hashem alakecha. You're like thrown away. You feel like an outcast. V'hashevoysalavavecha. Literally, it means you should take it to your heart. The Balatanya says v'hashevoysalavavecha means can you return to your heart? Can you return to your innermost heart? We all need help to come back, to come back to our heart. Because often I've been estranged from my own heart. And what that means is we often meet a person, you meet your child, your grandchild, another child, yourself, another person. And our question is always, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you, right? <laughs> Many of us have had those conversations with our children. What's wrong with you? Can't you wake up in the morning? Can you be a mensch? Can't you dress normally? <laughs> Can't you put on a yamulka? Can't you be makertoiv? Can't you have a curse? Okay, we're gonna get to part two. That's the only part we got. <laughs> yeah, that was what he said. Okay, so Rabbi Landau Shkrech is joining. We're gonna go through the closing over here for four minutes, and when we would do a from Rabbi Landau, Rabbi Shkrech for coming. Okay. Again, Rabbi Shkrech for everybody for coming tonight. Rabbi Moshe Weinberger, Shulam Noyef Landau, Shimon Russell from the airplane, Rabbi Waiwai from his hotel in, in, in Denver, all coming giving chizik here before Yom Kippur. So much, it was a huge crowd here, tremendous chizik, when Shem thousands of people hear it. And it was a tremendous, tremendous shir tonight. Again, shir should be a schus. Shir. For Yosef Tzvi Ben Melech, his Bachel was Nifter. It's a beautiful Neshama. He was always there to help his friends. Should be a Meditz for all those struggling out there. Should when anybody needs Yeshua, should be a Schuss. We said Kavit Tzilim for Menachem Mendel Ben Deverleira, who is going through a rough situation now, and a young young married man should have a big Rufus Shalema. Rabbi Landau, if you were here in the beginning with Tanchez one eighteen, but Gemachir who Hashem Alekim or Hoydul Hashem Kitov. The UK Bafke is Gematria 118, so cover the Shia 118. That's 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 why we, that's why we waited for tonight. Again, if anybody wants to be joined the, the WhatsApp every Sunday, I'll send you the, the, the flyers. You can WhatsApp me at 848-525-0066 or go to manachembarnful.com and sign up to get the emails with the replays and everything. And we're not gonna have the next year will be October 20th, 23rd will be the Sunday after Sukkot. It's gonna be a, a huge year with Rip Shimon Russell live, not a video, live. Rabbi Yaakov Solomon, uh, they go back for many, many years, Haverim, both uh, probably have together 60, 70 years of experience. Um, the topic is going to be a very powerful topic. It's, it's called feeling like you're running on empty, understanding, overcoming, and fixing the cycle of child emotional neglect, which um, it's a big topic. And um, I think it's going to be relevant to so many people. So please join us. It's going to be a very powerful, meaningful program. Again, everything tonight's recorded will be on monachamirful.com. If anybody has any questions, please email coachmenachem at gmail.com with any questions. Can I share again at 118? You can listen to it on the phone. Later tonight, later tonight will be uploaded at 848-777-GROW. And um, again, I want to thank all the advertising sponsors, the Lake of Scoop, Rabbi Yannick Fazak, Elian Ariel, Sharon from Five Towns Central, and um, Kyla Kaufman, Shmuel Summer from JCN. I just want to give a closing Menachem, and then we'll, end, we'll wrap it up. With a, a good Dibre Chizik, Fahim Kipper. Rabbi Landi will unmute in a minute. Um, so again, I hope the whole year of also Rabbi Gedalia Miller. We love you, Rabbi Gedalia. Can't wait to see you. We're going to spend so much time together this year. Murder.
But the Ebesheb Gemara Chassim Tayva and every day together, all the people over the year that come here every Sunday, every Landau, thousands of people every Sunday come here. They can, Sunday night, they can go here, they can go there. They come here for Sichas Haverim for, for to, to grow together, to be Chazak each other. So everybody should have a Moridiki year this year. It should have, as they say, right? Hey, Shana, what's was Hey, Shana, Mephlois, all those Gedailas should have a big year this year with all the old Bracha. And thank you for all the people that come on and give their time to be Mechazak Haisho. It's a tremendous Bracha. Coach Menachem, give the Gemach Simitova. Yeah, I would like to thank all our speakers tonight. Baruch Hashem, there was a lot of physic, a lot of deep concepts. And Amit Hashem, we should be able to take what works. And I just want to mention before we go to closing many times, you know, to give love to and to be able to see the positive in others, it always starts being able to see it on yourself. And it's, it's a struggle for many. When you sit down and you look at yourself, where am I? And you know, the positive, the negatives. Sometimes you might feel like, like very uncomfortable seeing yourself where you are. And if you can't find the positive, to see the positives on yourself, and if you're having a hard time connecting, then, then it's very hard to give it over to others. So the first step is to be able to, you know, to don't be so harsh on yourself and start believing what you hear, which we always know, you know, you could go to a lot of shiur and physic and say Hashem loves you and he loves you, which we heard a lot from Rabbi Weimer in the beginning, but stop, start believing it. Take it in, start feeling it, start sitting with it. And then slowly, if you can do it for yourself, even though we're not perfect, because we're human, then when we look at others and when we're with others, we can give it over and see the positives by them and uh, hone in, focus on the positives. And that's exactly what Hashem does with us. No matter what, no matter what, there's so much positives. But if we can't see it, if we don't feel it, we, we are walking around and empty. We'll have to come back after Yantas to feel to figure out how to fill ourselves up. Because if you walk around and empty, you can't give to others either. So yeah, I want to wish everybody and it's Shem. We should be able to everybody in their level, in their wherever they are, that's exactly where Hashem wants you to be. And Hashem loves you the way you are now. And what goes through your mind when you hear that? I'll say it again, exactly where you are now with all your thoughts, with all your ideas, with all your worries, with all your questions, that's exactly what Hashem wants you to be and He loves you the way you are now. Take it in. Thank you very much again. And we should be all be able to take the physic and slowly, small steps to be able to grow and go to the next level in Mitzvah Hashem. Rolanda, but before you go, I just want to ask you, Gedali Miller, I think has tremendous chosim and cholesterol to everybody here tonight. Gedali, abrucho farafayim kippur. I think it's it's harder than the questions you asked uh, from the Gedolim here on this on this. Uh, I think every person on this on this call today that came on for the right purpose is a tzaddik in their own right. We see that uh, one of the times that Lloyd had was that the, that Yaakov Avinu ran away. I think it's a sapona, one of the tzaddik that wrote over there. That his taina was that he didn't give a chance to give a bracha to his own kids. It comes now before 
Yom Kippur, we're going to bench our children. Take that opportunity. Take a few minutes. I know it's a hectic time before Yom Kippur. Each child bench them, not just with the bruchas, Hashem, but also say a tefillah that pertains to that child and take a moment and say how proud you are of your own child. And take those few minutes. See your child for who they really are. And take that for them. That's going to be their takeaway for the whole year. So I'm giving everybody a bracha to have clarity, to have a chovas adas, to be able to daven Hashem in your own words. And you should see mechem bracha and atzlocha and chovas adas. And the sky is the limit. As they say, we're not here for small money. We're not here for small things. Hashem has a very big bank account. And Hashem can give us whatever we want. So reach for the sky and ask for everything. Don't stop and don't doubt yourself. I wish everybody should see a Gavaldige your Talter. Please leave us with words. Less than 48 hours. We'll be sitting in Kol Nidre. Give us something strong to go in with, Rebelanda. Unmute. I just want to add something to what Reb Gedali just now said. I can't say I did it every Fratik Sanachs, but I benchman a kindleach. And uh, I used to do this. I would, if I benched them, I would think of something positive that they did that week that I was able to compliment them. And let me tell you, the smile on their face was, <laughs> it was well worth it. But it, it gave me work. Because many times, you know, the week flies by and, and we're oblivious to what our kids do. So it gives you time to think and... Uh, oh yeah, Masa for Kol Nidre. Let me tell you, Masa. Masa, the Heilige Belzeruv. Sashulim from Bells. Sliches and Bells was 5 a.m. And uh, 4 o'clock, Belzeruv comes in to Ishtib and the Gab is there already and he tells him, get the horse and buggy, let's go. He says, Rebbe, where? He says, let's go, we're going. Sit into the horse and buggy, and Rebbe says, go. So they're going. Up one street, down another street, up another street. They come to the end of the town, and the Sashulam of Bells stops to, tells him, stop here. And the Gabba recognizes that's Moshe the tailor's house. This, they're going over to Moshe, Moshe the Shnada. And he's thinking to himself, Moshe the Shnada, Moshe the Shnada. The last year, Kamat hasn't stepped foot in Besmedvich. Rumors had it that he's Machal Shabbos. Rumors had it he doesn't put on film anymore. Like, where's the Rebbe going? And in Bell's Slichus was cold already. So they get off the, the horse and buggy. And the Sashulam, the Heilige Bell's roof, goes over to Moshe the Shnada's house, peeks into the window. The windows were closed. And you, you couldn't hear, you could only look in. Moshe couldn't see you because that's the way it is. When, when there's a candle burning inside, the house looked shambles. Mamish, there wasn't a thing there. It was a horrible from a hose. And Belzeru was standing there by the window, looking, looking, straining his eyes. And the Gabba says, if the Rebbe is straining his eyes, I want to watch what's going on there also. And he sees that Moshe, the Schnader goes over to the closet and takes out a bottle of whiskey, bottle of booze, bottle of whiskey. And he puts it down on the table and he takes out two glasses, puts one on each side of the table, fills them up. He understood from what he heard Moshe was saying that he's making a brucha and he makes a brucha and he 
downs the cup. Then he sees him taking the cup from the other side of the table, picking it up, thinking for a minute, downs it. This one back and forth, back and forth, until Moshe the tailor finished the whole bottle of whiskey. And Belzer was standing there by the window looking at the Gabbas thing, like, like what's up? Like, it's, it's 20 to 5, 20 minutes before Slichas. Like, what's with the Rebbe, with Moshe, with the Shnad? The Belzeruf turns around, let's go. They go back, and Belzeruf goes back into his, into his Surim Shtib. Five o'clock comes, and the Besmedish is back to the rafters, waiting for the Rebbe to come into Slichas. The Rebbe's not coming in. It's 5.05, 5.10. The Gabba is standing there trying to tell the Oilam, yeah, the Rebbe's coming in. Another two minutes, another two minutes. He notices on the back of the Besmedish, Moshe the tailor walks into Besmedish. As Moshe walks in, simultaneously, the door opens up, and Belzeruf kept on, Ashra And the Oilam started saying Slichas. The Gabba, he could not say Slichas, because he was like, he, he knew there's something, this is some Shaykhas, what? Moshe, the Shnadim, the roof. So they finished Slichas after Kaddish, the Oilam went over to get a brucha from Belzeruf. The Gabba makes an about face, goes to the other end of the Besmedish, corners Moshe's Moshe. Okay, you're not leaving the Besmedish until you tell me what happened here tonight. So Moshe looks at him and says, I don't know what you're talking about. He says, listen to me. No games. You know that the Rebbe was standing by your window and watching you among with the whiskey? And he says, oh, yeah, he saw it. He says, yes. He says, so let me tell you. He says, I was a tailor. He says, I'm, I'm not a learned person, but I, I was a good boy. He says, I would be in Besmedish every day from the first. I daven. I would say my tillim. I would tell Daibish to thank you, and I'd go to work. This went on for years. He was good to me. I was good to him. One day, I lost an account. One of the noblemen. So I turned around to the Beshev and said, Beshev, that's not fair. You know I'm good to you. Come on, you can't do this to me. So I got very upset, and I decided, okay, I'm cutting out Karbunas. No more Karbunas. Two weeks later, I lost another account. I cut out Psyche de Zimra. As I kept on losing accounts, I told the Beshev, Tit for tat. And within a short period of time, I basically went from a successful tailor to a poor person. Yeah, I got very upset at Daibish. I said, okay, this is it. You do this to me, I don't do for you. He says, and really, he says, I, I, I dropped almost everything. So I'm sitting in my house tonight, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, where did this get me? This got me absolutely nowhere. I chucked everything, got upset at Daibish, threw everything away. He says, I decided that I remember that my father once had a fight with someone, and they made up over a bottle of whiskey. I took out a bottle of whiskey. He said, Beshefe, truce. So I filled up a cup for me, and I filled up a cup for the Rabbi Nishloilim. We know, I believe Daibish is there, but Daibish doesn't drink whiskey. He says, Beshefe, you know what? I'll drink you a cup of whiskey also. And we finished the bottle of whiskey and we made shulam. That's why I'm here by Slichas. The Gabba hears this. He runs over to Belzeruf. He says, Rebbe. And he tells him the whole story. And Belzeruf looks at him and he says, let me tell you something. He says, in Himmel there was a rash. Moshe the tailor is coming to make up with the Bashefa. Moshe is going to tell the Bashefa, Bashefa, I'm sorry. Slach nu lavoy nu the entire Pamalia Shalmala said they are going to watch this, this piece upmach what Moshe mitten Bashefa, because the whole Pamalia was there. I shouldn't be there. Moshe, I will go into Besmedish Shem Kippur. 
כי לא יסח בו את זה במוי סמס, כי אם בשיבו ימדר פרירו וחויו. די בשטס נותינג פרמזים לגייד. די בשטס נא פליינג ארם רסל וויתוס. די בשטו וונסוס תקום בק הום ונסי טו וורדס. I'm sorry. And you know what happens? The Pamalya Shalmala is there listening to it. We have to believe this. We have to believe that when a Yid goes into Besmedish Yom Kudish and he tells the Beshefa, Chatusi Yavisi Pshati, you know what Ibishta says? Thank you, my kind. I appreciate, I appreciate your apology and I am a Kabul you and Ibishta takes us and Ibishta Yachbiyaini. All of you, Coach Menachem, Reb Usha, Reb Gedalia, all of you, all of the listeners, as all of us are on the bench, we are in the same place, whatever Tufshi and Pai Gimel stands for, just make sure you find a Gematria that suits you. Agreeing in Thomas. A beautiful year, Mitzchem. It should be a merdik year coming. We'll see you October twenty third. Hi, it's Coach Menachem here. If you enjoyed, please consider supporting us with a small monthly monthly donation to help sustain the future episodes, and it will be greatly appreciated. Thank you in advance.